Hello and welcome to episode 174 of Flix and a Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me, forever and always, the man, the myth, the son of a replicant yeast, Alessandro Bielsi. Say hello, Al. Hello. On this week's episode, lots of trailers, Loki, and other news and nuggets, all before diving into our flick of the week. You guessed it, Blade Runner 2049. Did you guess it? I'm just assuming you guessed it. <laughs> but first, Al, I seem to have a phenomenon going on in my house where my freezer has an endless supply of ham. Now, is this... I don't think you still do this anymore. Remember you used to get, like, butcher box, and you had an endless supply of bacon? That's right. I did have I did have bacon for life, as it were. Um, uh, is, is this one of those situations? No, it's not. I actually haven't gotten butcher box in a long time. So, like, a few months ago, my mom had a ham that she wanted to cook for us, like, and have people over, but, like, I guess it, well, it couldn't happen. So she cut up the ham into portions and froze it. Got it. And he's like, well, I'm not going to use all this ham. So she gave me a few bags of ham. I'm like, okay, this is cool. They were already cut up. I could take them out, cook them up, do different things with them, right? Absolutely. So we've, we've had some fun. You know, we've made some, some, some good things with it, uh, including, but not limited to, Cubanos. And they were amazing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> did that recently. And uh, boy, oh boy. They were Father's Day. That's what we did. We made those. Roasted a nice pork butt, sliced it up real good, put, had fresh ham to put on it, which was different than the usual that I put on it, so really good. But uh, that was like the third or fourth time that I've used the ham, and I was like, well, this is great. We finally used all the ham. <laughs> this week. Surely we've used all the ham by <laughs> surely, now. <laughs> surely. <laughs> then uh, this week comes along, Kim and I are like, oh, what, what should we make this week? What should we? Uh, let's plan out our dinners for the week, open up the freezer, lo and behold, another bag of ham. Now I can swear to you, and when I took out that bag of ham to make the Cubanos, that was it. There was no ham left. And yet. Yeah. So I'm convinced that next week, <laughs> when There'll I go in the freezer ham. to decide, <laughs> what should we make this week? There's going to be a Ziploc bag of ham. Now, the question is, is there, is my mom playing tricks? Like when she comes over every once in a while, is she slipping bags of ham in my freezer because she doesn't know what to do with them anymore? Yeah. Or, or <laughs> am I just mistaken? You know the old expression, ham springs eternal. <laughs> that's the name of this episode we're changing it up Ham springs eternal but first al what are we drinking um i'm so mad at myself because in addition to forgetting to find a movie for fun and games which i will find before we play fun and games sure um i actually had a plan for the intro but it was going to require a little rehearsing by you and me because it's oh. a two-person thing. And we extremely didn't have time for that. So sure. I was going to do the baseline test that he kept doing because uh, that, that, that sequence was really cool. Maybe we'll, we'll, work, we'll workshop that and we'll like deploy that unexpectedly on the audience in like three months <laughs> or something. Future like episode, that. yeah. yeah. When, when we eventually do Blade Runner for our 20 questions. <laughs> No, but the specific one he did, I, those sequences were really cool to me. It reminded me of something that was used in The Expanse um, mm. in, in, I think it was book four slash season four. Um, there was this cool, you would have, I think, appreciated it a little bit because I think the computer science background that you have would have made you appreciate some of this. There's this character that I want to give too much detail just in case anyone hasn't watched or read or isn't caught up to it or whatever at that point. Um, where there's iterations 
on a character. And so they did a little bit of it in the show, but it was even better in the book where it would be a chapter of one to four pages in length and it would start the same way each time. And it was okay. like a program iterating and each time it would go a little bit further. That's cool. And deeper and more detailed until finally it reached its conclusion. Nice. It, it was a really cool, and it, like it always, it clicked with me. I really liked how it was written, even though it was borderline unintelligible at times. <laughs> sure. Um, it was just the, the whole concept and the process behind it. I found to be really cool. Yeah. And I did that. So like, that's, that's something that I was reminded of. I know we're getting a little early into the review here, but that baseline test reminded me a little bit of that for some reason where, you know, it's, they keep coming back to that check and it's like, they're going through iterations over and over again to prove right. that he's along that baseline or whatever. Right. Um, but anyway, yeah. what we're drinking is back on the Newberg train. I know we had a mm. brief diversion last week with the Boulevard beer off of our alternate ending and Newberg cycle. That's right. So we have a Newberg rye brown ale. Uh, last time we did Newberg beer a couple weeks ago, we did the cold, uh, the was cold brew brown. That was, what it was I think the, so. the, the cold brew brown ale. Yep. So this is the rye brown ale. Um, it's, Proudly brewed and canned by Newberg Brewing Company, Newberg, New York. It's 5% alcohol by volume. Um, it's brown ale aged in Copper Sea Distillery rye whiskey barrels. Copper Sea Distillery is somewhere up in... I want to say, <laughs> <laughs> somewhere up in um, Ulster County, I believe, because I know I've seen signs for it when I drove around for sure. a while. So um, I just don't... I'm not 100% sure where it is. This was a limited release. This was one of the ones that came out late last year. And... Um, there's a couple of cupids spreading some. Yeah, I was gonna say, what's with these these beer holding cherubs? What's going on? Here? <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Instead of like shooting arrows tipped with hearts, they're more like sprinkling seeds, like Johnny Appleseed style, but they're hearts. Like, but you'll, yeah, but you'll notice though the handle of the beer can is half of a heart, and if you put those two hearts together, it almost looks like the logo, <laughs> <laughs> which is a heart. Because it's brewed with heart. It is. We got it that. is brewed with heart. <laughs> also, I would like to point out that this beer was born here. And now the audience can't see me. <laughs> but I'm trailing off to the side like the arrow on the can art. Wait, did I miss that one? Bottom Where left. Under the main... Oh. On the, under the main title. <laughs> I suppose it's that arrow is ever so slightly askew. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, we thought that might have been a one-off the last time, but it appears to be yeah. the thing. That's what they call a capersi arrow. <laughs> that's, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what that is. Now, how do, you feel gen- how do you feel generally about beers aged in whiskey barrels? I know we talked about it a little bit recently when we talked about the Kentucky bourbon barrel stuff. Yeah. I, I just don't I remember what your I, answer was. I think I like I've been. I've actually been thinking about that lately. I think I like them. I think they are they are one-at-a-time beers. I don't want more than one. Um, I do think that they, it has to be a certain circumstance where I'm having them. This, the setting of the show is great. I'm not doing anything else. It's just the beer. I'm barely paying attention. And, I, <laughs> and it, I mean, and I can just sit through it and enjoy it. Whereas like, I'm not going to have that with food. I don't want it with food. Yeah, probably. I don't not. want it outside. I feel like I always I do not want right. it on a train. <laughs> I do not want it on I, a plane. I, I, I always feel like I'm like, Ooh, bourbon barrel beer. And then as soon yeah. as I open it, I'm like, 
This is always I, high variance. I prefer for me. bourbon I of or beer. <laughs> yeah, no, but I just like it's like it's it's a high variance thing for me. So I don't know why I get yeah. so excited for all the time because I know sometimes I really enjoy it and sometimes I kind of don't. So yeah. let's see. I mean, I know I've drank this, this before. This smells like a really good rye. Yes, and which I'm excited about because, as you know, I really enjoy me some rye. Have you have you grown to really enjoy the rye as well? Oh yeah, rye is my favorite of those. Oh, is it of, of okay. the whiskeys? I know we've talked about it before. I know you, you liked it. I didn't realize it ranked that highly for you. Oh yeah, as it does for me as well. So yeah, I uh, I would any any time I'm making a, a cocktail, I, I, I that consists of some sort of whiskey or bourbon. I actually prefer to to swap in a good. Oh, rye. absolutely. My 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 typical drink order if you're getting a cocktail is rye Manhattan up. So okay, I like to do uh, a rye old fashioned, but uh, for the sweetener, I do a maple syrup. Ooh, nice. And it's quite nice. Uh, cheers. Let's give this cheers. sucker a taste. Oh. Let's say this is a good example of the... I said bourbon barrel earlier, but it's rye barrel, obviously. This is this is nice. Yeah. It's also... Spicy and sweet. It's funny because it seems a bit darker than their brown ale tends to it be. It looks like a Coke. Yeah, kind of. Um, yeah, it's funny. It has the spice of the rye, mm-hmm. but the sweetness that you would associate more often with bourbon and yep. their brown ale isn't actually overly sweet typically, which is basically a sarsaparilla. It's what Newberg's rye brown ale, basically a sarsaparilla. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. Yeah, it's really good. It makes me want to track down a Capersi rye. Yeah. I think we're going to have to do that for the show one day. Maybe on our next flisk and a flisk. Oh boy, it's one beer. I haven't had Fli- another drink today. Flisk and a Wix? Uh. <laughs> I think that, well, yeah, hopefully we can get our hands on some comparison for that. Hopefully um, we can get, get our hands on a Flicks and a Whisk next year because we've Yeah, that'd be great. Right. right. That, that is actually like worth watching. I said it. Uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> I have feelings about the last Academy Awards and also you know, the last year in general. Uh, this is really good. I'm going to go. I think I'm gonna go three thuckles, but like it's a weird Sorry, thing because like I feel like a three thuckle beer, like you would think, like oh, well, like anytime this is available, I want it. That's not the case here. Um, no, anytime it's available, you this. want one. Uh, <laughs> anytime it's available under the correct circumstances, I want one. <laughs> but I like no, it. I, I, think, I, think, I think three three thuckles is the right thing. It's um, it's special, right? It doesn't taste like other beers. Yeah, no, the, uh, it doesn't taste like other whiskey aged beers that i've had it, no it's nice because it has it, it has the nice bit of like that aftertaste but sometimes it's like it can be with other ones like kind of like cloying and it just sits in your mouth yeah that aftertaste for like but forever. there's a light it's like light yeah and like it's got a good little tingle at the end like but i feel like it almost has like that residual tingle of like of sugar i feel like what's i'm saying it's got more residual sweetness than i'm accustomed to with their brown ale yeah very strange but uh, very good. At first, I was like, oh, man, this doesn't come in pints, but I'm good with the 12-ounce. Yeah. Um, also, it's it's like I said, it's nice to highlight the rye flavor in a beer because I've made a beer with rye. I've had a couple of beers with rye. And sometimes it gets lost in the shuffle. And it can be tough because you can't overdo the grain bill with rye because it can fuck up the actual brewing process mm. just by being out of balance because the malted rye doesn't brew as cleanly as the malted barley does. Oh, okay. Um, 
so you just have to make sure you balance with rice husks and stuff like that. But um, I love that flavor, but it can be subtle if you don't mix it with the proper green. Can we change your gamer tag to rice husk? I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Comparacy rice husk. <laughs> I have. I don't know how I even had to begin to respond to that. <laughs> Comparacy rice husk. Somebody sees your game. What? What are you? What is this? This is randomly generated. Clearly, clearly. <laughs> I said if we hadn't said it so many times on this already, it would have made for a great like password for <laughs> yeah for something. Comparison that's, that's just very true. Never could that be cracked. <laughs> no. Well, now. Yeah, of course. But, uh, but I hope that, that I hope that that's that's my goal for this show over the coming years is that eventually somebody uses one of our phrases as a password. I think that would be great. <laughs> Or just like we get tweeted by someone who that's like their, not like the main handle, but like the, like their display name. Like we just get tweeted at by an account, Caparsi Rice Husk. (laughs) Honey, I need to log into your computer. What's your password? It's Diane Kruger effect. (laughs) (laughs) What? It's a long story. (laughs) I would also love for an official Flexing SX fan account. Twitter account to be created that is just called the Diane Kruger. <laughs> if you want to throw some underscores in there, by all means. But and I'm all of it, every every few days we tweet out a different, like some other phenomenon with a different name <laughs> that we've made up for it. Uh, oh boy, I Al, I gotta say, I enjoy doing the show with you immensely. <laughs> it's it's a good time. Uh. I can't get over this comparison thing. So this is great. I'm enjoying this. I'm looking forward to finishing it. <laughs> so is that, you know, I mean, drinking the rest of it is really what I, I was say. Saying, that was a I hit the can. passive aggressive. <laughs> I hit the can there, right? This beer is okay. I'm looking forward to it being This beer is really good. I can't wait till I don't have any more. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not entirely sure what just happened there, but I hit the can down on, the, on my desk. And in Skype, the Zencaster link popped up. And I'm not sure... What series of actions caused that to happen? But. We are still recording, right? <laughs> no, we're golden. We're golden. No, What's okay, happening? good. Because, no, I just, you know, because you definitely sent it to me like a while ago. I did. Cool. Let's get into some uh, news and nuggets over here. This was the uh, least pre-discussing we've done about the, like, usually you put them in your intro and you didn't ask me and I had a bunch of them too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I... I just kind of threw in that we're doing trailers and that there would be other things. So yeah. uh, I am kind of curious. I would like to dive right in with the, uh, the multi-santies of Newark over here and see, uh, <laughs> see what, your, what your thoughts are on that trailer. Um, so it's super weird seeing a Tony Soprano with long hair. Yep. Um, for a second, I actually forgot that his son was playing the younger version of him. I, for some reason, I got my kind of my math wrong and I was like, Wait a second, is he playing young Tony or is he playing the father? I don't remember. Um, it is uncanny how much he looks like him. I mean, the hair thing throws me off a little bit, but like I remember yeah. when they first announced that that he was going to be playing him. I was like, oh, okay, like he kind of looks like him. And then I saw another picture of him from a slightly different angle. What's I was his like, name? Oh, I want to say Michael Gandolfini. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I saw him from a slightly different angle in like a second like follow-up article a few days later. And I was like, oh my God, he looks exactly like him. <laughs> I don't know why... I didn't see that the first time. And right. I definitely see some of it, but it's weird having seeing him with like the long, long hair. Um, I there we're gonna hear the word Dickie so many times in this movie. Yeah, um, so many times. 
you know, and admittedly, I've always been a little intrigued as to the story of Dickie Moltisanti because we heard about him spoken about in such like hushed tones so many times in mm-hmm. the show. I'm curious to see what that whole relationship's all about, especially considering we got people just actively threatening him for having a relationship with young Tony. So, yeah. I'm kind of curious to see how it plays out. I will see it because at this point I'm invested and I feel obligated um, having sat through the entire series. Well, I mean, but, at this point you could probably survive spending another two to two and a half hours. Yeah, constru- look, and also it's in, it's in my preferred format. It is a movie uh, and I just like those better. But that being said, I'm l- watching the trailer and I'm thinking, I really hope that there's not some inciting incident that like turns Tony into Tony. Because I feel like what we got out of the show is that he's just not a good person. He's charming and he's sociopathic or psychopathic. And I, I think that, I hope that it's, it's not like the character shifts dramatically at some point. I hope that we see like a steady rise in those behaviors through the movie. I mean, I would say it seemed like the trailer showed that he always had the aptitude. I mean, hell, we got it literally like mm-hmm. expositioned at us. He's incredibly smart and shows great leadership, but it was like, okay, here we go. You know, it was like really laid it out there, but fine. Fair enough for an origin. Like that's going to happen sometime. Yeah. But I imagine we'll see. He's a decent guy of questionable character who was always walking along the edge of a knife. And Mm -hmm. it was inevitable that this, the, the, the bad side would call to him more than the good side ever would. I think it'll probably be pretty obvious. It's not going to be like he was a choir boy that broke that. Right, right. Yeah, I would hope not. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It looks, it looks fine. I, I mean, I'll, like I said, we'll, we'll do. I'll watch it. We'll do it on the show for sure. Is that going to be a? I, I don't know if they said it at the end. Is that like a? Is that a theater release? Is that a streaming service release? So I think they did announce that. I think they're doing it the same way that all of the other Warner stuff has been for the past year, where oh, it's going to sense. be HBO Max a ends. concurrent theatrical and hbo max it'll be available on hbo max for a month then it will no longer be, be available, available for HBO a while. max until the weekend that i'm supposed to watch it <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's not there <laughs> but the thing about that the thing about that one was i don't i didn't think that one even had a theatrical release which is why i didn't understand why it wasn't available <laughs> where'd you go <laughs> yeah that was whatever um it was obnoxious but uh either way this will be a theatrical slash hbo max release uh sometime in october i forget they pull but, uh, it from HBO. Was, that old, the old capacity switch, they call that. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, it's funny because I know we talked about the casting when it was announced, however mm-hmm. long over a year ago. Um, and I remember a lot of the names, forgot some of them. I'm just from the trailer and then looking up like the IMDb after that. I was like, oh wow, there are so many people Lots of faces. in this movie. I there's a lot of people who just generally I like who were casted in it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of specific castings that I'm intrigued by. Alessandro Nivola as Dickie, just because that character has so much intrigue around him. Mm-hmm. Um, Corey Stoll playing a young Uncle Junior is kind of intriguing yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, the it's funny I saw that I didn't realize we're going to get young um, Silvio, young Pauly, young um, like Vera Farmiga as, as the as the mother is interesting to me. The mother was such a ridiculous yeah. iconic character in the show, right? <laughs> It'll be curious to see if she can live up to that mantle. What I'm, what I'm getting, what I'm kind of hoping for here is like, as much as like, I mean, I've gone on record. It's not going to change for me. Like, I, I, I'm the Sopranos is not for me. I'm looking forward to watch. I think the movie will be 
a good enough watch. I will, I will watch it and I will enjoy sitting down to watch it. I'm not saying mm -hmm. that it'll, I'm not saying right now, obviously it'll be good. I don't know that. But uh, that being said, I can appreciate so many people the that show was big for them, especially actors, right? You hear actors talk about them, like in interviews and things like that. So I'm kind of hoping that all the people that are in it are just in love with it. Yeah, and, and writers and directors too. I mean, when yeah. you consider the amount of writers and directors who became great and created great things after working on that show. Mm -hmm. Like Matt Weiner was right on that show for a while and he created Mad Men. Like, right. It has an indelible mark on pop culture as we know it for the past 20 something years. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it is a phenomenon whether or not you quote unquote, like the show yeah. it is left in like an irrefutable mark on everything that's come since oh, then. For sure. Yeah, I completely agree. Which I think that what you'll get out of it is like I think we're going to get really awesome performances by people that we've known so far to be to be good, but maybe not have given not really given something meaty to work with. Yeah. And I'm kind of curious if they'll just all kind of knock out of the park. Yeah, um, I'm excited for. It. I also I don't believe they've said anything about this in any way, shape, or form. I'm not saying I think for sure that this will be the case, but I was it, it didn't really click for me until watching the trailer. I wonder whether or not if this totally knocks it out of the park, if this could be parlayed into a limited series as a so prequel. What was interesting to me about the, the way that the title appeared or whatever, I don't know if it was the end of the trailer or the beginning, but the way that they did like a Sopranos story. Yes. It leads me to believe that there, the other, other ones are already written or like are, are underway ish to the point where they will go forward like you're saying, provided how this does well. It, it, it could be that too, where it may not become an actual series, but it could spawn a series of movies, like movie yeah. events, which maybe even that would be something that I would be like, think even cooler. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think so. I think that could be cool. I mean, there's, there's a handful of characters in there that could be interesting to see in different stages of their life. Cause there's obviously a lot of, ground to cover between what was it supposed to be in the 1960s or 70s you know what i mean and obviously the show's taking place in the early 2000s i just hope it's like a long con right where they do this and they say this movie that movie really bringing you back in making people excited again about it oh people re-watching the sopranos this that and the other thing and then they finally they tie it all up real nicely with christopher's movie <laughs> hey what was the name of this <laughs> i don't even movie? remember I but I... it was <laughs> Oh my god. That would be cool though if they created some sort of connected universe where it was like different media, right? Like like there if they if they did a movie that was his movie mm -hmm. and it exists within kind of like that would be very Tarantino-esque, right? Because yeah. like wasn't that what they did with uh Death Proof and the other like one? The Planet, Grindhouse double feature. Yeah, Planet like something. Was Planet it Planet Terror or Planet something? Terror, like that? that's it, yeah. Like and and Death Proof, like those are real movies that exist in the universe, right? Isn't that right. The, the whole deal? I, I think so. And then also, like, there were trailers within within those movies. I, I don't know. It was kind of, that, yes, I believe that that's how it worked. I know that the universe is interconnected, at least up to the point of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I don't know if that counts within that as well. I, mm -hmm. I am not a scholar of Tarantino, obviously, but I know I've seen, I've read some pieces in the past showing how and some of it's just Easter eggy things, but like it it's enough to create what would feel like it could be a shared slightly alternate universe. Cause obviously some historical events were 
shifted slightly, but I know that there's enough to go on where you can. It's that conceivable not what in World War Two. <laughs> <laughs> it's conceivable with that all the well, I mean, that was actually kind of part of it was that like a world like a World War Two going in that alternate direction would possibly lead towards some of the other things that happened down the line. Right. Like that. I'm, I'm oversimplifying what is admittedly a loosely collected theory that I've seen posited sure. by people over the years. I find that to be an intriguing sort of thing. So if they were to do that route with the Sopranos, I think it could be kind of a cool thing where it's like, Hey, we could have a limited series or a movie or like a movie within the framework type of thing. That could be super cool to me. And I wonder if that would actually intrigue chase David chase even more because I know in the past he'd kind of said, well, I don't plan on like ever revisiting and doing like a quote unquote reboot type thing or even doing a prequel show, but he obviously was intrigued enough by the idea of doing a prequel movie. So I wonder if that sort of thing would like, where, what are ways I could, I like this in the, when I was writing up the mythology of this, that corner of it feels rich to tell an expanded story on. Let me do that. But it has a very finite start and end to it. This isn't going to be an eight season show, you know? Yeah. I just think if they do this B movie, they should do it. They should release it on HBO Max, but they got to get Ben Kingsley in it. <laughs> well, two things. One, break the fourth wall. And at the end yeah. of the movie, find out that it wasn't just a movie. It was the screening. And you need to have Scorsese shaking his head when he walks out of the theater yeah, after yeah. watching the screening. Because <laughs> oh, obviously, man. that was so great. He, he revered like Scorsese. It was obviously going to be a cheap ripoff. And then... He sees him. Remember, he sees. Um, he's, he's yelling, "Marty!" You know, he goes, yeah. "I love." I, what was that shitty movie that he did that no one liked? And he's like, "I love all your movies." Even it was that one that I didn't even know existed before I watched The Sopranos, <laughs> and then I found out that it was a real thing. I was like, "Oh God, that's a real reference." I had no idea. What that, something yeah. with a K. I forget what it's called. Yeah. Oh man, I don't remember what it was. Oh, it's not common to me. Oh, I was saying that all that in that amount of time, I could have looked it up. I didn't realize we were actually going to stick on oh, it. That's my bad. I was thinking about it, but it didn't come back. I was th- I was going to see if I could try to get uh, Christopher's the movie title for Christopher's script, but I can't. Oh, I don't remember. But oh my god, that would that would be really silly. Uh, do you want to stay on the trailers route while we're here? Yeah, I mean, we already did the one. I want to. I'm going to dive in quick. With Wait, the, hang on a saw- second. Yeah, hang on a second. It's Kundun, K U N D U N. From childhood to adulthood, Tibet's 14th Dalai Lama deals with Chinese oppression and other problems. Directed by Martin. Oh, okay. okay that was not the name. That, that, that did not remind me of anything. So that was not what I was thinking of. I'm 99% sure that's in the It probably is. Uh, so <laughs> I watched uh, the trailer for Halloween Kills. Okay. Which was like an extension to the original teaser that we got where like they're they're screaming away in the back of the pickup truck and fire engines are coming down the, the highway the other way and they're all screaming at them, no, nah, let them burn, like that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we get into like them trying to put the fire out and Michael Myers just like ripping through the fire department with their oh, with their own tools. And I was like, this is like, where where is this movie going to go? What's going to make this movie worth watching? And it seems that at some point during this movie, they're going to get the town to come together and hunt him down. <laughs> so the- oh, so they're going to go full angry mob on him. <laughs> yeah, so I'm really, I actually kind of want to see it. Pitchforks? It's, it's, uh, bats. Definitely bats. Oh, I was hoping for torches and pitchforks. Well, on top of that, they also showed a lot of the kills that Michael Myers is going to do. 
which I thought was interesting. So maybe I feel like it's going to be like a they're going to go for a broken record on uh, kill counts, maybe of innocent oh. people in this one. I'm not really sure, but based on now, what they showed is, me in the in the trailer, I assume there's going to be more in the movie. Is it going to be more or less than Hot Shots Part Two? I don't think I saw that. <laughs> oh, really? No, that's disappointing. That's a, well, it's great. That's those are like a lethal weapons spoof. Um, it's kind of in the vein of scary movie where it spoofs multiple things, but okay. Hot Shots Part Two most closely spoof the Rambo movies. Mm. I mean, there's other things too, obviously, but that's the, the big one is, is very Rambo esque. Um, but there's a big fight scene about two thirds of the way through the movie. And Charlie Sheen, who is the Rambo type character. Um, what was his name? He has such a stupid fucking name. <laughs> um, oh, t- Topper Harley. That's his name. Perfect. I'm pretty sure that's his name. He's running around with a fucking like M60 with like the full chain where, you know, he's holding yeah. the chain with his with his hand, you know, and he's just mowing guys down. And then all of a sudden a kill count pops up <laughs> in the corner of the screen and it's uh, ticking so up as he's just mowing people down. And each time he hits a number, a certain number, it'll be like other very gratuitously violent movie like it was like Total Recall or something like that. Yeah, and then yeah. like, or uh, no, maybe not. Sorry, no. Commando. Commando was one of yeah, them for sure. Okay, that makes sense. Um, there was a couple, I forget other, uh, oh, there was like Robocop, um, Commando or whatever. Yeah. And then it was like New Mechanic. High Score or something like that. Like once it <laughs> reached like the highest level beyond like whatever other ridiculous gratuitous one at the time, but that movie came out 30 years ago. So I don't remember. I'm sure it's been topped since then, but. That's, that's pretty funny. I like, I like that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of curious to see where it goes. Like, it ha- the Halloween franchise is something I'm fascinated by because for some reason I feel compelled to watch them, but I don't actually like them. I know this was a thing that's been going on for like a year and a half or two and a half years because I remember it was around the time of a Halloween, like yeah. where you you watched the original because you yeah. wanted to watch that new one that came out. Yeah, you hated both of them, but you were yeah. still fascinated by them. In the still way fa- that- I'm fascinated by this phenomenon. These movies are still going. I will in say, the way that like a train wreck is. You seem to be fascinated by these movies. Yeah, and it's it's really it's true. But that being said, because it all started the first one that I really saw was the Rob Zombie remake, and I thought that was good. I remember liking the first one. Is that is true. No. <laughs> that just just no. There's like a hundred Halloween movies. H2O was not the Rob Zombie one. Okay, well I just know because. It was a quote-unquote remake or reboot or whatever. It was 20 years later, right? It was H2O, yeah. H2O 20 years later, so I assumed that was the one you're talking about. No, that was like a sequel to what had happened before, whereas the Halloween reboot with uh, with uh, Rob Zombie was a remake, like, alt- remake reboot. Like, no other thing had existed in the universe. It was like this. And okay. then Halloween that just came out last time is a sequel to Halloween. Of the same name. <laughs> they, they couldn't at least give us a The Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you love or like when they two, reboot Or Halloween 2 again. Would have been fine as well. I, Don't you love when they, they reboot things like that? Where it's like, you know, where we have a Fast and the Furious and then there's Fast and Furious. Or we get like Suicide Squad and The Suicide Squad. Yeah. Oh, God. That drives, which, me, that drives me crazy. Which is somehow both a sequel and a reboot at the same time. Yeah. But not yeah. 30 years later, like four years later. Right, four minutes later. Yeah, yeah, it's a little, it's a little ridiculous. But anyway, I am curious to see what happens in this. Uh, I like this idea of the town coming together and going after him. I want to see how he gets out of that one. That being said, I did watch him in the trailer kill a person with a cracked fluorescent light bulb. So I feel like they're going to get interesting. I mean, you have to start getting creative, right? Because otherwise, what are we 
doing. I mean, like, hopefully there's some vague attempt at a new take on the material, but like, you got to start getting really creative and inventive. I remember I've seen like none of the Jason movies really, but I've seen some of the clips from it or whatever. And yep. Jason was a Jason X where they went to space. I saw Jason, probably yeah. yep. 20 minutes of that movie and drowning someone in liquid nitrogen and then shattering their head. That to me was at least they were pushing the boundaries of what yeah. they've done in the past before. Like I was willing, I was like, Oh, okay. That's new. I'm not watching any more of this movie, but like, okay, new. Yeah. He's in space. It's the future liquid nitrogen. Okay. I, yeah. I, I respect it. I've heard it's a horrendous movie, but I respected that, that sequence at least. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I, I have I, a follow up question to all of this though. Now, did you watch this trailer before or after you sent me the, the, the pitch meeting for the original Halloween. After. After. Which, now, is that was that a new pitch meeting? I didn't check to see the date. Uh, no, I don't know. I think it was, like, a year ago. It's just, like, I somehow keep stumbling upon them. Like, because I, I watch them pretty regularly. Like, I'll, like, just hop the on algorithm. YouTube and the I'll watch a random down. one. And then, like, three more will show up that seem interesting. So I'll keep going on that rabbit hole for a bit. But I watched the Halloween pitch meeting and I was like, oh, my God, this guy gets it. Like, this is exactly what I was talking about. Well, it's funny because... The first one's a from, bad movie and I stand I was by saying, that. From what I half remember of you talking about that when we talked about the, the, the two movies and that that seek that that period of time, whenever that was, like a year and a half or two and a half mm-hmm. years ago, on the show, I remember some of your some of your complaints like were reminded in my like mind while watching the pitch meeting. It's like, oh yeah, I remember Anthony talking about how like this, the intro sequence is like crazy long and there's some yeah. scenes that just like don't end and it's like yeah, yeah. Well, they end. How, how are we gonna start also nothing minutes? happens for linger? the first half of the movie yeah. <laughs> we're, we're just gonna linger the camera after the characters left the screen for like an uncomfortable period of time i believe is how he phrases it i'm like yes yes that's what they did that's the thing that bothered me <laughs> well the one that got me the best is the one they actually clipped into the movie where when they don't do that very often right where they clipped yeah. it into the pitch meeting yeah and it's the scene after Michael kills his sister and he's just standing there in the lawn with the bloody knife yep. and the two parents silently looking at him, flanking him and it camera very slowly pulls out of the scene. No one says a word and this goes on for like 20 seconds. Yep. And you know what's funny about that is I feel like what you're getting there is I would assume that during the filming of movies, you do a lot of that stuff as far as the camera work goes, right? You take some of these stills, you pull out with the intention being that you're going to clip the portion of that that you need for the edit that makes the movie. Yes. Right. But this was just to make the movie longer because nothing because nothing happened. Well, it's funny because I didn't realize I know that the movie is venerated as one of the great old horror movies. And it's like supposedly one of the scariest characters. And right. I'm sure there are sequences along those first couple of movies that were very t- tense and scary. And certainly of all of the masked killers, the one wearing a horrible facsimile of an actual face would be kind of horrifying. And he is a little bit invincible. A, Shat- and- a Shatner mask. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> is it? I just remember it that is. from the pitch meeting video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think so like William like Shatner. Inside out or something. I don't Yeah. Yep. So like William Shatner. Well, no, not that specifically. Like, yeah, no, I think a lot of people have scary dreams about that. That might just be you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's so good. I, I love that. They, remember how in the 1970s things were just super grainy? Can you please stop saying what time it is right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in 1970s dollars, you're going to need to please stop saying that. <laughs> I appreciated that he's trying to change his format slightly to, to do those 
uh, it's funny. Yeah, you sent me two different pitch menu. Both of them were very good. Um, I forget what the other was. Oh, the other one was. Which wait, what was the other one that you sent? Me? I don't know. I feel like I sent you a lot of them though. <laughs> well, you sent me two this week, but I'm confused because I think I watched the F9 one with my brother. But that's not the one you sent me. You sent oh the Terminator Dark Fat. That's oh I'm yeah, that was good. That was a good one. Yes, cracked me up. I just I love I love it like because the moments that are in movies that you go okay we're doing this when they do that in the pitch meeting and he goes oh my god like that's exactly the reaction that you have when you're like okay like in Dark Fat when we're like oh oh this is the movie that we're seeing <laughs> ten minutes in yeah ten seconds in. But, uh, oh my goodness, so much fun. Yeah, anyway, I'm looking for, I, I want to see it. I want to see Hollywood Kills because I'm so fascinated by this property. You keep going back to this well, and it's not going to turn out better for you ever. What's the thing? At this point, I, know, I don't know that I've gone into there hoping that the movie's going to be good. I just want to see it. It's weird because, like, I watched you go through this sunk cost thing with The Sopranos, mm-hmm. and there's at least stuff to speak to in that, even if it didn't ultimately work for you. Whereas, like, like I, I could see the burden on your face when you were talking about going back to The Sopranos. Yeah. Whereas with these, you seem genuinely excited to watch them, but yeah, they've oh, disappointed yeah, you as much or more. Here's the difference, though, right? Like, with The Sopranos, what we've talked about at great length is I, I get it. I also I understand what people like and what a lot of other people claim to like about it. Um, which I'm not going to get into that topic. But no, that's fine. I, 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 I'm not looking I, to relitigate it. I get that. I don't like, and I, the only thing that I get out of Halloween, the original is like, I, I could see a movie not having been like the, this thing that birthed the slasher movies that came after it. Like I could understand how this started that, but they're not, they're just, they're not good. And I I'm, I'm blown away by it. I'm just blown away by how many there are, how it's still going. And I think that's why I'm, and I maybe I, somehow I'm the one that's keeping it going by talking about it and seeing them because I'm so fascinated by the train wreck. Well, I guess I, what confuses me, I, and this is just me purely like academically, like I'm like, like viewing a science experiment is mm-hmm. it's not even like a cinephobe situation where it's like, oh, this movie is so bad. It's good. You seem to both genuinely dislike the movie yeah. and also think it's bad. Like, it's not like you're going to watch it for the unintentional comedy of it. No. Which is why I find it fascinating that you keep seeming genuinely enthusiastic to go back to it. Dude, same. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I have, like, I have. I'm just trying to, like, psychiatrically puzzle this out, and I can't. I find, I find Some, Al. you fascinating for being so fascinated by that phenomenon. For some people, it's drugs. For some people, it's alcohol. <laughs> For me, it's that that washed out Shatner mask. I don't know what it is. I got. An, I need another hit. I got to know what's going on. And you know what's also great is I haven't seen all of them. There's that too. I've seen the three Halloween ones, <laughs> one of the Halloween twos, and a few clips of the one with Paul Rudd. Now, now is it the three Halloween ones or the three Halloweens one? <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! Anyway, I, you know what? Let's. Talk, I want to keep going on this. Other horror movies that I've that, like similar thing. You saw Jason X, Jason Ten. That it was the tenth one, I believe. Uh, whatever, however you say it. How great if, would it be if it wasn't though? The, they, I think it is because I counted them once when I was, yeah, uh, when sure. I quote unquote sure. worked at Blockbuster. Um, 
But I. <laughs> uh, by the way, to be clear, did not watch the movie. Turned on the TV one night. It was on. I, as we we're saying with you, was morbidly fascinated by the train wreck. Watched it for about 20 minutes at some indiscriminate point in the middle of the movie. About 10 minutes after the liquid nitrogen thing, I just got bored and turned it. No, that's 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 fair. I feel like that's probably that makes sense. Uh, as far as my, my intro to Friday the 13th was, I think I saw the first one like a really long time ago as a kid at like a sleepover. And the only thing I remember about it is the end because I thought that was kind of cool. I've uh, seen bits and pieces of a couple of them. I've seen, I want to say most of the original Friday the 13th. No, sorry, Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay. And a couple bits and pieces of a couple other ones. Weirdly, I kind of enjoyed when it came out, uh, Freddy vs. Jason, which is a horrendous movie. That Okay, so that's the next... So I, I think I saw Friday the 13th, like when I was really little, because I remember the end, and I remember thinking that was interesting, but then I don't remember anything else about the movie. The next one that I saw was actually with Brian of Spin Tune fame, uh, was Freddy vs. Jason. We okay. went to go see that, and I was like, "This is ridiculous." Is this? I remember seeing that are? when I was. I was. I remember seeing that when I was like twelve or thirteen or something like that, and it was, was so Jason bad. Muse in that? I don't remember. I, I saw it so. one time when it came out, like eighteen years ago or whatever it was. Um, no, it, you know what? I think there was just a pothead in it. I think that's what it was. <laughs> uh, I'm sure there was. I remember, there was I remember like Freddie coming out of a bong or something. He came out. Of a bong? Or there was a caterpillar smoking a bong. There's a weird scene in that movie that I don't Just remember one? the specifics of it, uh, of uh, Freddy vs. Jason. No, no. You said there was a weird scene. I said, just one. <laughs> just one. Just, just the one. Uh, yeah, anyway, I saw that. I, I saw the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street. I saw the remake of Friday the 13th. I forgot they did a remake of Friday the 13th. I remember they did the one with Jackie Earl Haley for yep. Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, still, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm weirdly fascinated by this Halloween. Like, I feel like if I was in film school, I would like end up somehow doing a thesis on the Halloween franchise. Meanwhile, I would think I would, now I'm just thinking about it, would do a thesis on the arc Me? of Jackie. Or and my like, and my need to watch the Halloween. No, because like Jackie Earl Haley had a moment. Yeah. And he totally squandered it by doing a horrendous Nightmare on Elm Street movie, and then a totally and consensus, like, absolutely loathed remake of Dark Shadows. And, like, that was, like, mm. his choices after Watchmen. Or, like, right. He did Watchmen. The movie generally performed well, I think. Yeah. He was hot, got the lead of a horror franchise, tanked, got the co-lead with Johnny Depp, and this was around the time when people got tired of Johnny Depp's shtick, mm. tanked, Hated, hated, not just tanked, hated by everyone. And then he got to play a bit part in Shutter Island. I don't remember which of those came first, doesn't matter. Right. And then he was never seen again, I feel like. Yeah, he disappeared. S- semi-pro. He got to play, what's his name, the, the stoner guy. Hmm. He was kind of funny in that role, but he also has like eight minutes of screen time. Not even- Anyway, I uh, just to circle back one more time on this Halloween thing, the, the other thing that I find fascinating about this is like, oh, this is interesting. The angry mob is going to finally like cut him to pieces or something, and we're going to end this shit. But no, like we already know there's another one. But didn't you say that they weren't even like in the same timeline or something? No, I don't think that's true. I thought you said when the last 
remake came out or whatever the fuck it was a year or two ago with mm-hmm. um what's her name coming back um that they w- announced two other movies but like one of them was a direct sequel and the other wasn't i thought you said oh no no i don't think uh, that's uh, this i think what maybe it was just getting misinterpreted but the these three movies are like from what i understand they're direct sequels to the original and nothing else exists okay so like dark halloween Star. is a sequel to halloween naturally Right. And then Halloween Kills is a sequel to Halloween, which is a sequel to Halloween. Okay. And then what's the other and one? Halloween Lives? Forever? It's gotta be Forever, right? Like some <laughs> Halloween and Robin? I'm not sure what what <laughs> Last Halloween? Halloween. Where can I I don't even know what what to Google at this point. Other Halloween? <laughs> Last Halloween. All Hallows Eve. <laughs> Halloween ends. I was close. I said last Halloween. Halloween yeah. ends. Same thing. 2022. I mean, I feel like it's got to be like they kill him and Jamie Lee Curtis finally goes crazy and she puts on the mask, right? Like that's like, that's got to be the end all of this series. It's either got to be that or the two of them have to kill each other, right? But she, she, she's wearing the mask and she's killing people. But while she's doing it, she's singing the theme song. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, enough of that. Let's go on to. We have one more trailer to discuss. Yes, uh, and I want. I gotta. I gotta tell you this. I, uh, the autocorrect on this one not great. Oh no! Uh, but let's discuss the she got chi trailer. <laughs> <laughs> now, which is what my computer did. Is this? <laughs> it's in it's, reference. It's the to- direct sequel. <laughs> Is this in reference to Kim doing yoga? She got chi after she did yoga. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Is this like, was it, I'm <laughs> sorry, like he got game and like she's yeah. the man and somehow yeah. it turned into she got chi. She got chi. <laughs> Shen Chi trailer came out. Still have no idea what this movie's about, but yet I still feel closer to it than I did the first one. I agree. I agree. Uh, you know why? We saw those rings that we've been talking about. And we saw so that they, the do, they do some interesting things. We saw that what looks to be that somebody has half of them and somebody else has the other half. They're going to duke yes. it out. That's what I got out So see it. who gets all. Yeah, it's, it's one ten rings to rule them all. Sorry, I got it. <laughs> I, I, I see how it works. Well, it's perfect because there was nine rings and there was the one ring to rule them all, which makes ten rings. Sure. Yeah, um, attracts. Also, we really show that the forefront of this movie is going to be the father-son relationship. We always knew that, but it's really reaffirmed that. We get to yep. see a little bit of the father-son interaction as a boy and as an older man and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, this kind of pops into one of the little bits that I have here. But did you notice who was at the end of that trailer? I, I want to say I did, but I don't believe that. that is that a, was that Abomination? <laughs> it absolutely was Abomination. Okay. <laughs> Because he's so, the same. <laughs> on IGN. A Shang- CG abomination. <laughs> on IGN, Shang-Chi is set to bring back surprise MCU phase one villain. Huh. Uh, Marvel's latest trailer for September 2021, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, has revealed a brief glimpse of the return of an original MCU phase one villain who has been benched since 2008. Abomination, or Emil Blonsky, portrayed by Tim Roth in 2008's The Incredible Hulk, hasn't been spotted in the MCU since the second film in the Infinity Saga, but he's appeared in a brief tease in the final moments of the newest trailer, which arrived today. This week. Wait, 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 wait. Hasn't been seen... What would you say? Hasn't been seen since when? Hasn't been seen on screen 
in the MCU since the second film in the Infinity Saga. Oh, since the second film in the okay, gotcha. I thought you had made some note <clears throat> that like he was seen it once more somewhere else. That's what how I understood that. But we're good. No. Okay, we're- um, although, hang on a second, because we're going to then undo some of that. Uh, it's the first new look at the powerful villain in well over a decade, although Abomination was discussed during the 2011 Marvel one-shot The Consultant, and mentioned in passing during a 2014 episode of the first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Hmm. Shang-Chi isn't the only new place Abomination will be making his mark, however, with Marvel previously confirming that Tim Roth is scheduled to return as Abomination in the upcoming Disney Plus series, She-Hulk. Oh. Interesting. Okay. I really hope that Ed Norton's in the crowd betting on that fight. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't seem like the type of vice that, uh, well, I guess technically he's not Bruce Banner anymore, but that right. would... That no, 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 this is Ed Norton, the actor. Is in so, the oh, so we're going to have a cameo of Ed Norton. Does he seem like the type of guy to be cool and do something like that? <laughs> no. Um, and I'm a fan of Edward Norton's work, but from all accounts that I've heard, he seems like kind of a dick in real yeah, life. Yeah, he seems like... like not maybe, necessarily... Maybe he's difficult to work with. Yeah, well, no, not maybe. It seems to be the consensus that he's difficult to work with. Um, I'm not saying he's, a, I'm not accusing him of being a bad guy. He might be fine as a person, but he does seem to be kind of a dick to work with. Um, yeah. I know that his, I, I remember listening to his appearance on Armchair a year or two ago, mm-hmm. and he kind of alluded to the fact that maybe he's a bit of a dick, but also he kind of hit a little bit behind one of those things where it's like one of those situations where like, well, if you're a professional, then I'm a professional, but if you're not that right. I'm gonna do my thing, and it's like okay, like sometimes that's kind of true, but when sure. that shit follows you around like that for this long, it tends to be that you're probably just a- yeah, yeah. I'm with you on that, but uh, so 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 no, he probably won't be in the crowd betting on the abomination. No, I would, I would, Got I would have okay, that's fair. I, I mean, has anyone even heard of him since Motherless Brooklyn, which was a good movie, but like, no, I like it was that. one that he had to fight to make over the course of years like right yeah anyway i back to shang chi uh back to she got chi uh yeah like i like like you said i I still don't know i i know nothing like i just have no idea where this fits with all of it i like is this i mean obviously we see there's gonna be some sort of connection to like the erstwhile stylings of the phase one hulk stuff but like where is that exactly like We've seen other characters like we saw, we saw the Hulk disappear for quite some time and then show up in Thor because mm-hmm. we needed to recontextualize what he was all about. And so I suppose that's what's going to happen with Abomination. It's weird to see that happen 13 years later or whatever it is. Yeah. What, what I'm curious about, like, do we know, do we have, do we already know the timeline of this movie? Like where it takes place? I have no idea. That information may be out there, but I have no idea. Yeah, me neither. This does strike me as one of those ones where, I mean, we're going to obviously see some stuff that was quote unquote in the past. Mm -hmm. So that will probably give us an indication as to where and what that's going on. But as far as when the main part of the story is going on, I would guess this will probably take place kind of before some of the stuff. And it's like, okay, he had to kind of rediscover who he was or like figure out how to master himself before he would become involved in something like the Avengers stuff. I kind of got that that vibe from the trailer that it was before everything because just the way that people are acting and the things that are going on like that like it doesn't seem like they have the weight of half of the, the post having yeah the post snap world yeah that being said I am curious how does that play into him not being a part of Endgame I just wonder if it's one of those things where it's like remember because like Captain Marvel had to go figure out who she was after she becomes Captain Marvel in earnest 
Sure. Now, obviously, that was a different part of the timeline, right? But I, I want it's not uncommon to see those sorts of things where an origin of a character, the same thing like with Ant Man, right? Where he, yeah, Ant Man manifests right before the events of the Avengers and then disappears, like yeah. both from the narrative and then later chronologically disappears because he gets snapped out, right? Yeah. Like, where it's like he just kind of exists in his own, we'll use you later, like you'll come yeah. back down the line. So, um, I imagine something like that will happen where it's like, okay, he figured it out, kind of had like a, had to figure out who he was in the after effects of whatever culminating events can happen in this movie. You know, maybe there's some trauma and grief and all that. If he killing his father in combat or something like that, you know, he's got to go hone his powers and recharge and all that sort of stuff. And then like the world ends and then, I don't know, maybe we get some shot of him hearing stuff that's going on and he kind of comes back in the beginning of what we see, like maybe a post-credit of he meets up with the Avengers and he's going to be part of like the new Avengers or something. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see, I guess. But I, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I like the idea of a new Marvel movie that I don't, I don't know anything about. It's been a long time. Yeah, I mean, this is truly a character that I know nothing about. Like, there's yeah. been a handful of characters got- or ensembles that like I've been like, oh, like I've heard of them, but I don't know yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. The most basic, I knew Doctor Strange was a super important character. I knew he knew magic and did magic stuff. Knew nothing about him other than that. You know, I'm mean? kind of getting like the vibes, and it's probably because of the martial arts, but like I'm getting the vibes that I got like with Iron Fist of being like, ex- excited to see this, um, but feeling more confident that it'll be done better. Well, for one, it's going to be a movie directly in line with the MCU. They have a plan for right. him in place as opposed to Iron Fist where there was no plan. And no one in charge, and the people mm-hmm. who were in charge kept changing, and they kept picking. It's the terrible what happened with those Netflix series. Yes, especially really? when you consider how good the first season of Daredevil was. One might say it's an abomination. I have to. I my guess would be that Iron Fist and Shang Chi probably had a lot of overlap in the comics. Yeah, I don't know. It, so it seems like because it does seem like it's almost like an ancient mythical thing that both are dealing. Like, yeah, with. I mean, like it just like. I imagine, especially when you consider like the East Asian influences on Doctor Strange and all that, like I imagine like that was just its own corner of the universe. Yeah, those characters and like all the people in there are, like through, like orbit. That's what it seems like. Yeah. Oh, anyway, I'm I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Cool. What's next on news and nuggets, Al? Oh, that's a good question because I still have to kind of refamiliarize myself with what I had. So we can continue oh. on the MCU route, but I feel like we'll just do that at the end. If you want a nugget, yeah, truly a nugget. Yeah, nugget. Dune was delayed again by three weeks, not, you know, not three months or anything, but three weeks till October 22nd. Why? I don't know. I Something didn't else care is coming it. out that week. I'm kind of curious what it is. It's probably that's what it is. Some release date thing is why it was shifted or whatever. It's got to be something good. Like when you are moving because you're afraid, there's two things are happening. One, either we know that that thing's going to be really good or two, you're really not confident. Well, Something else was when it was originally, or something else is coming out when it's coming out in this new date? Because I wonder if they pushed it to compete, compete with something else. Oh, that, that's interesting. I don't think you would... I feel like you wouldn't do that. I feel like you wouldn't delay to line up with something else. I feel like you would delay to get out of the way. The only time that happens is when they... And with the pandemic having them shift around so many things, when, like, it, like... If there's two properties, like, owned by the same parent company, and they don't want them to cannibalize each other. Mm-hmm. Because it's not even about like one expecting one to be the better than the other. It's like, like Disney doesn't want 
a Star Wars and a Marvel movie coming out in the same week or even right. month because they don't want them cannibalizing each other. Mm-hmm. I should, I mean, I, I we can look up and see what why this change was made. I just saw it as like I didn't, I didn't even see connected to a story, so I don't know why. I don't typically think about it too long and hard when they move it three weeks as opposed to like if it's moved by months. I'm like, okay, well, what's going on? Did they not finish it? Like, you know, when it's a couple of weeks, I just. It's just like shuffling the deck. You know, I, it doesn't really mean anything to me. Yeah. Um, what was it delayed to? Do you have the date? October 22nd. It was originally earlier October. in October. It was like the first weekend of October. Interesting. So reading this quick thing, it the October fir- taking the October 1st slot, it was, it was taking what would have been the Batman slot. So I guess maybe now they don't need to do that because they don't care so much. Who knows? That's what I'm saying. When it's only moved a couple of weeks, it... It largely tends to be accounting, you know yeah. what I mean. Um, it's when it's Some like sort of oh, quarter thing, or like <laughs> yeah, like it, it's just you know they had it matters to them how the revenue comes in when yeah and stuff like that, which it's just an accounting error at that point. Um, it's when it starts moving two or three or four months that I start. To what happened now? It's right. Like, there's no way the movie can't be done by now. Like they wrap principal photography like a year. Ago. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward um, to watching that one. Well, especially after watching this movie, yeah. I'm even more intrigued to see that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that's the slightest spoiler for how my review of this movie is going to go, you'll see later on. Um, it's a tease for later in this episode. But uh, the one thing that worries me about Dune at this point is I s- they haven't started shooting the second one yet. Yeah. Like, a little weird. Now, again, admittedly, pandemic, totally fair. But like, you want to strike when the iron's hot. Yeah, the, like, the I, I was a fast follow, right? Because it's not like a, a pure sequel. It is the second half of the story. Yeah, so I always assumed, and maybe this is my fault for assuming, but I, I thought How they were going to do a Lord of the Rings yeah, yeah, Avengers like, Endgame I, situation I so too. where they shoot them, if not concurrently, that with like only the slightest gap between the two of them so that they could release them like a year apart. Now again, right. pandemic changes that, but like they clearly had no intention of shooting the rest of it back to back so what sort of gap are you planning between the amount of time that passes at that natural point in the movie in the original movie where it splits that's how much time they're gonna wait (laughs) but that's like a two-year time jump yeah wasn't it i think so maybe more it was like two or three years it wasn't like 10 years It, it wasn't i don't remember how much it was i mean we did we did do that movie the show right that was last year yeah I'm pretty sure it was like two years or something. Um, let's see. Let's see if I can find it. Anyway, I. Uh, but that was just meant to be a nugget. I uh, just yeah, noticed just that this this week. So uh, we can jump to another story if you like. Um, yeah. How about? Did you hear what happened with Halo, the show? <sighs> no. So this wasn't the original article I found. Can you please close pop up window, whatever you are? Go away. You also go away. Okay. So this is on Deadline. This wasn't the original article I saw, so we'll have to give me a moment. So this is on Deadline. This is from a few few days ago. Halo showrunner Stephen Kane to depart Paramount Plus video game series adaptation after season. Stephen Kane, showrunner of Paramount Plus's live action Halo series, will exit the project after its freshman series is produced. The... Road for the television adaptation of the beloved Xbox video game franchise has been a long one with numerous turns. Kyle Kinnan was originally set as co-showrunner alongside Kane when the series was picked up by Showtime in 2018, 
He left before production started. Planet of the Apes director Rupert Wyatt was set to helm the series, but in December 2018, he exited the series due to a conflict. Showtime's Gary Levine. Months later, Showtime revealed that it had enlisted Otto Bathurst to fill Wyatt's role. Earlier this year, Deadline learned exclusively that the series moved to Paramount+. Plus. Kane took the job in 2019, and it was expected he'd be in Budapest for around seven months. But due to COVID and production delays, he spent nearly two years off and on in Hungary, and is understood to be keen to get back to L.A. to focus on new projects. Produced by Showtime in partnership with Steven Spielberg's Amblin Television and 343 Industries, the series started production in February in Budapest and slated to air in the first quarter of 2022. Um, this is more stuff about Halo. But the thing is, this didn't show, this isn't even the whole story, which is why I'm upset that I didn't find the story that I saw the other day. Because from what I understand, two showrunners announced to leave. I think Kane was the, the second of the two announced to leave, like, in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay, so I, I guess maybe I misread it in the way the first one. So, yeah, one of them left right before, and then he basically said, after a certain point, like, I'm happy to see through this first season. I have no interest in doing any after this, which Jeez. I don't know if that's because he thinks it's going to be bad or if he truly is just... I mean, the excuse given, I well, on the surface, I empathize and understand where he's coming from like hey i've been out of the country and it's been a pandemic and i would like to get home because they mentioned Mm -hmm. not in this article but another one wanting to be back with his family but also it was like to pursue other things in la it's like okay so you don't really want to work on the show because if they shot the show in la it sounds like you weren't going to be interested in doing it either you want to do other projects right ah i don't know at this point it's like i i i will just watch it when it comes out but i'm I feel like there's no chance this is not a train wreck. Yeah, I mean, this goes back to what we were talking about a couple weeks ago, right? About things getting delayed that long. Like, they yeah. just never, they never tend to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I don't recall that story about it moving from Showtime to Paramount+. Plus. I know when we talked about it in earnest, when they announced Pablo Schreiber, like, yeah. it was a Showtime show. We talked mm-hmm. about it being a Showtime show. And being yep. excited for that prospect. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I, I mean, this could just be one of those things where they really want to leverage it to get people to go to Paramount Plus, which I understand. We've seen that a few times now. Like, sure. Like some of the FX shows moving to FX on Hulu because they really wanted to push people to Hulu and stuff like right. that. Um, which I, you know, I, I understand that from a business standpoint, even if I dislike it. Like, I get it. I get why it's happening. Sure. But sometimes when these things get pulled back to a streaming site like that, I wonder if that's to hide it. Yeah. Some, like, I mean, sometimes it's obvious like this is a crown jewel and we are going to hold you over a barrel to sign up for our service. But sometimes it's the hot. <laughs> bend you over a barrel, show you the 50 states. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm, I love, 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 love Halo. Love it. Love it. More than that on our Game Bites podcast. We're talking about games. We're talking about Halo a lot. I adore the Halo universe. I adore the games. I am not looking forward to this show. One because I don't one I don't know what I don't know what it's going to be, but two because of this development hell it, it's just at this point it, it's I, been over I'm, a decade. I'm, I'm I'm surprised it hasn't been fully scrapped as a project and like rebooted as a movie. It was going to be a movie originally. I know, but like almost like just to know that they've shifted entirely like would maybe make me feel a little bit better again. I hate so much when shows lose showrunners and like do a soft reboot and, and like either after the first season or like. Yeah. Middle of a run of a show because, like, I don't know if you're still watching Homeland. Homeland does it at some point. Oh uh, yeah, like, and between season and three and season four, I assume that between three and four or four and five. It's between I'm going to say between three and four when a main character is no longer there. 
Oh, so you finished season three? Yeah, <laughs> didn't start yeah. Season four? I'm like seven episodes into season four, where it's like, this is a totally different show, and also, I hate the lead character. I hate her. I didn't like her before. <laughs> I hate her. Now. Wait, so did, wait, you started season four? Yeah, I'm like seven episodes in. Where does that one take place? Pakistan. That one might have been the reset. I've... It, it, it's it's a different show. So I'm well, because I think because at the end of season three, she said she was going to go somewhere, and then she doesn't go there. She goes somewhere completely. Yeah, and yeah, they that's were the like, one that, yes, something that's happened and opened up, and she moved over. Yeah, know. she said she was going to go to like Israel or something or Turkey yeah, yeah. or something, and uh, like then they, she's like, just in Pakistan all of a sudden. They briefly <laughs> mentioned that she like had been there, but got on this job instead. Like after yes, so like yes. I guess some to sh- to to poorly show that some time had passed. Yes, I'm not sure, but she's just like she's just awful. She is, but actually that season, like as far as like the big picture, like the narrative, actually interesting season. Well, that's the thing; it is interesting, and then she comes on screen again, and it's like <laughs> this is not a, this is not a, a Claire Danes issue. No, it's it's she's, the she's character's playing, writing. Yes, she's no, playing it's... the horrible part really well. After a certain point, the character is so poorly written that there's nothing she can do. Yeah, every the other characters I think are written well though, which is what's interesting. Some of them are, like I said, they took Quinn, who was a robot. Yeah, Quinn or Quill? What's his name? Quinn. 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 It's a. Did I turn? Did I turn Peter Quinn into Peter Quill? He did. <laughs> I sure did. That's honestly um, that, that, that. Those are the mental gymnastics that I just went through. I was like Peter Quill. No, Quill's that Quinn. It's actually yes. the same name as Dexter. Another Showtime show. It's Quinn. <laughs> Quinn. Quinn. Peter. Peter. Oh yeah. Pumpkin right. Eater. Yeah. <laughs> he's a he's a horrendously written character in the second season. He's a robot when they yeah. introduce him, and he becomes very humanized. And the arc of his character, it's very well written. And Saul from start to finish is a very well written character. Not perfect, but very well written from start to finish. Yes. A handful of other characters as well that are written pretty well. For whatever reason, I, I think I think what happened was the Brody storyline, they wrote themselves into a corner and they never figured out how to get out of it. With her yeah. character specifically. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. I can already see that. Yeah. Um but I, I don't know. I'm still watching like I said, the actual the the timeline story is interesting. Like what's happening, uh, like the the different governments at play, things like that. I think I think that's I'm I'm still entertained. I want to watch it, but like anytime she walks into the room, I just go, ugh. <laughs> like, I, I don't like I like, and then I I've, I've been yelling at the screen lately. I was like, don't you don't you be mad at her? Don't you be mad at her? She didn't. You're the you're wrong. Like that. Like like really defensive of other characters. Yeah. But, uh, but like that, so like I hate when that sort of thing happens. That's what happened to Jack Ryan. I don't know if the, I don't know if it was a showrunner specific thing. I just know that they basically rebooted the show after the first season. I really liked the first season. I hated the second season. That's that sucks. And it's like it, they all the things they were building in the first season they just threw away, and I yeah. don't know why. Like I just never heard a good reason for why. Yeah. <laughs> like sometimes after the fact, like you know they do a interview with the showrunner or whatever and like give you the reasons like okay well i don't like it but at least i get it like, i, I yeah. don't get it Ugh. Uh, anyway i'm i guess we'll, we'll see where this goes i will say i think that uh i can't remember the kid's name is it like is it like ion or something like that um who we're we're, we're, tr- we're following most of the season and like he is the nephew of a target that they thought they killed at a wedding you know, is that his name? Is it like Ion? I don't remember. Oh, I don't remember the case. It's something along. It's something like that. It has like a. It has that kind of 
I remember the storyline. Uh, but every time he comes on the screen, I go, Anyang. Because when they say his name, it sounds like they're about to do the stick, the shtick from Arrested Development. And I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. are they going to do it? And then they don't do it. I kind of want to just watch Arrested Development. Yeah, it's funny about just that that show. And, and you talk about like the typecasting of all of those like Middle Eastern actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, maybe it's not funny, but I just I found it to be quite the coincidence. So was it? David Negabon or Negabon, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. The guy who was the terrorist leader from the first two seasons, the one who had brainwashed Brody, right? Abu Nazir. Yes. I couldn't remember the character's name. Yeah. But I remember the actor's name. Yeah. And and I don't remember either the character or the actor's name. The guy who's the head terrorist, the one who's his uncle or whatever, and that's yes. right. Seen them play those roles in a million different things. And then in the movie Twelve Strong from a couple years ago with um Hemsworth. Yeah where it was about our first entrance into Afghanistan mm-hmm. after the 9-11 attacks. The two of them played the opposing leaders of, because there's a side of the Afghanis that joined the Americans to help against the Taliban, and the two of them oh, okay. are the two leaders. Uh, wow. uh, <laughs> and that movie came out right after I binged a whole bunch of Homeland. Homeland. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> I just like watched these two guys, uh, and they were both like, enemies of like the lead character now the two of them are gonna be enemies against each other i think that was it was just like it ended up being like one of those weird coincidences yeah that is kind of funny and then like from like a generation previous is like like generic middle eastern terrorist in the season you're in the guy from true lies is one of the pakistani government officials isn't he the guy from true Li- the main yeah the, the leader of crimson jihad I'm 99. And I know. Sure. I know. Many years have passed between that movie, so he yeah, he looks look very different. different at this point. Oh, I have to. I have to look this up now. Sorry, I mean, he I doesn't. I, he like either doesn't have hair, or it's much much shorter. He didn't have like the long crazy hair with the balding forehead. He's just bald. Do you remember what his name was? No, I have no idea. In True Lies, the character's name. I found him. He's Bunny Latif. That actually sounds familiar. In Homeland. Yeah. Um. He's one of the guys who, like, during like the big like meetings and negotiations, he's like the lead Pakistani. I'll just pay attention more while I'm watching. Little I'm like he's... 95. I mean, he doesn't have a ton of screen time, but like he's in the season, like like okay. a decent bit. Cool. Uh, now I want to watch uh, True Lies. <laughs> it's a, <laughs> it's a classic that. movie. Oh, man, the bridge is out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm still watching Homeland. Okay. That's about, that's about it on that show. Um, and also, that's about all I have on Halo. So, um, okay. Also, that seems to be all I have on News Notes and Nuggets. Ooh. Other than you know what, that what means. we've been watching. Yeah, that means it's time for some Loki. Yes. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Uh, is this the best Marvel show? Not even question. Yes. Which we've said since the first episode. Yes, this is the best Marvel show. Uh, man. They're, I don't know, they're, I, they're killing it. They're, they're, they're making me go, like, multiple times an episode. Like, I, I'm very, like, I guess, and not so, like, it's not super surprising the things that happen. It's just that I'm so captivated by the performances that when it happens, I go, Jesus Christ, I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> so, you know, so a couple, a couple of the twists were kind of, I don't want to say telegraphed, but, like, you could kind of see. Yeah. If not 100% what was coming, the gist of what was coming. Yeah. 
Like, um, I don't know, like, like when, uh, like, you know, like with that standoff with uh, Owen Wilson, you're like, I, okay, this will probably happen, but I also don't know what the, what the, uh, what, like, what does that actually mean? Like when that happens and then he gets hit with a baton. I was like, is he gone? I really hope he's not gone, gone, gone. And then I have to live with that for a few minutes, maybe 20 minutes, 10 minutes or so until it happens to, uh, obviously we're deep in spoilers until it happens with, uh, with Tom Hiddleston. And what happens with him is like, oh, okay. He's not gone, gone. Because surely well, Tom Hiddleston is not gone, gone. <laughs> it would have been a hell of a twist for that to be the case. But obviously yeah. the mid-credits scene spoils yeah. for us that that's not the case. Um, but in both cases, well, in Mobius's case, I was like, oh, this isn't going to end well for him. Oh, and he's gone. Wow, yeah. that was sudden. That was quick. Didn't think it was going to go down. I thought we'd maybe get some sort of trial or yeah. we try to escape and then it happens in the heat of the moment or nope they just walked up and gone i was like oh shit um they're doing something really interesting with this show which i feel like thor has been trying to get into over time and 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 to a degree they've 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 scratched the surface a bit but like really exploring relationships in the mcu and they feel like this is the one that goes the deepest like friendship yeah. and also romance and also relationship with self. And like, that's like the key thing that they're, I feel like they're exploring with this show. And it, I feel like they're doing it so well, which by the way, you have a lot more opportunity to do in a show. Right. right. Um, but I, I agree. I think maybe it just took as good of a writer slash director as Taika Waititi, but it does feel like that really in like Ernest started. No, it's actually not fair. We saw some of it with Iron Man throughout the multiple movies that he's been in. But beyond that specific character, um, we started seeing a lot of it with Thor Ragnarok. And I think we've seen that inspiration trickle down into other properties as well, or at least other characters as well, where it's like, Oh wow. Yeah, no, if we take some time to like actually write our characters, uh, people are going to engage with us beyond just that's a cool scene. Which there's nothing wrong with that part of it, but ultimately you will need more than just that. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a hundred percent of the time every time, but you need to give us that in some way, shape, or form. It's yeah. The, the other shows are more like the main character is being like it's helping the audience define what what it mean what like the life of the main character is and like what they are like and who they are through the other character. Whereas like I feel like in Loki, it's the main character himself loki is learning about himself through the relationship versus like the audience being told through the relationship like the actual character is growing in a really interesting way yeah um and like i will say like they tried in wandavision Mm -hmm. with wanda but ultimately they botched that part of the ending so badly that it didn't really work like it didn't stand they kind of built a castle on sand mm-hmm. but also um, it also couldn't because of it being a, a fictional space that she created right so it was all no but the her. short but my point was if your point is like i i really i, I zoned in for a second on what you said about a character's ability to be with themselves mm-hmm. or whatever or to be good with themselves that is what a lot of that show was about, right? Her engaging with... Okay, I got you. Choosing not to engage with the grief, then engaging with the grief, finally getting that... Like, trying to get a hold on all of that, and then the way they botched the ending in regards to her just walking away scot-free 
with barely an apology to everyone else around her, rings hollow that she actually learned anything of note right. about herself. Um, and then you have Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which just suffered from a, some a crisis of identity in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. Part of it being that they were trying to do it with two characters. I think they just took on too much work in that sure. one. And then on top of that, like, and on top of that, we're going to do that with what's his name uh, from up as well as Carly as well is like, okay, we have four people that we're trying to do this on. And we're not doing a good job with any of them. Yeah. 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 And this one it's Loki. And then we're going to spend a little bit of time with a couple of other characters, but it's Loki. And we're recontextualizing someone who's already seen a ton of like, honestly, he's, been the villain and then a sidekick. He's been the villain, the main villain for two whole movies and then a sidekick for another movie. Yep. And he's had a lot more time than the other heroes who were the leads of these other shows. Yeah. He's had that's more that's screen that's time. That's he's had more character true. development than all of those people. And mm-hmm. now we're spending even more time on him. It's already a fully fleshed out character that's being written. The best has ever been written. Yeah. And he was already written well before then. You know what they're doing that I think is incredible is they're and and so like throughout the series, it's like uh, fool me once, you know, the type of situation with yeah. Loki where it's like he's always a trickster, right? He always does something and then he like does something that it's like oh he's seemingly good, but obviously there's there's intentions behind it. They've got me believing again that he is turning a leaf, and they could they could easily switch that up and keep true to that character being that way. But I do think the evolution of that character is what's so interesting. So I hope they don't just throw it back that way, like over time. But like to, for them to be able to pull that off, like by this point, I should not believe I, I, you should be Mobius, right? You shouldn't be believing a word. He says like, you've seen it time and again, you're like, I know where this goes from here, but they're so convincing in the writing and in, and the performances that there's no way that, that it's not intentional, but he is changing. Yes. And well, we, we have amazing. we have the blueprint, right? Because we saw him change in earnest over the course of Ragnarok, where he mm-hmm. had a tremendous amount of development. He finally does make the stand, stand with them, and then noble sacrifice. Right, it happened, right? Like it yeah, yeah. actually happened. Now we we erased that timeline, for at least as far as we're engaging with this character on the show, because this is a pre Endgame Loki. Yeah. died before he could have that development, but he watched the development. He got the crash course on it on screen. He's still having trouble shaking off his true nature, but he knows it's possible. We got the reaffirmation this week when Mobius tells him you can be better. Yeah, yeah. You have the power and gifts and ability to be whatever you want to be, whether that be good or bad. Just understand that you have an option. You've lived for thousands of years thinking you had no other option than to be right. the outsider, the one that no one likes, the trickster. You don't have to be. If that's what you like being, I suppose that's what you'll default to. But just understand there is another choice if you wish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so good. I love their relationship. Yes, which is I'm hoping in whatever other other realm that they're mm-hmm. showing up in. Um, because it seems like that that must be with the space where all of the pruned Lokis are, because we got yeah, Richard e. Grant, I, who seems to have been the King Loki. I was kind of wondering, like, it almost seemed like, you know, what's the name of that planet that they end up on, or that space they end up in, in Ragnarok, with the Grandmaster? 
Oh, I forgot what it was called. It like almost seems planet. like that t- like that it could be like that type of thing where it's like an in-between dimension. But that was a real planet. It's just that all of those portals opened up and that time yeah. passed differently in all of those when you sure. travel through that specific like realm. Yeah, this um, almost seems like that ki- I've been wondering if this is that kind of thing, but not within but like in an external dimension though. Like I'm not sure how it works, but well, it's funny because the TVA situation is obviously some sort of pocket universe, right? That exists outside of conventional time yeah, yeah. and space, which is why they're able to pop in and out of all of that. I wonder if this is a similar thing, or I know if that there's one. Why can't there be other like type of situations? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and also recall the, and I, I'm far from experts on on this, but there is like a heaven and hell in Marvel, like mythology is there not because I, I know there's a i know there's a mephisto who is the devil like that is okay. one of the big villains in marvel um and when he wakes up in the mid-credit scene he says am this i is hell yeah so i'm not saying that this is hell but what i'm saying is obviously there is some sort of other Plain limbo some kind yeah yeah where oh, i'm really i'm so curious i'm excited i'm pumped to see where it goes and it would seem obvious to me that those are the other loki's and maybe all of the other variants who've been pruned by the TVA. May not right, just so Loki's. Theoretically, it may Mobius be all is of there. them. So Mobius may be there as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Ah. Uh, I, I, this is so cool. I will also say the other thing that was like, even though it was, even though I knew it was coming, it was still as it was happening. It just, I feel like the spectacle made it exciting. It's like when they get up the elevator and they go in and the timekeeper starts speaking, I was like, well, what is this Wizard of Oz bullshit? And then sure enough, like it's an android. <laughs> like I literally cool. some Wizard of Oz bullshit. Yeah. Um, also, two of the three, I could not understand a word they were saying. Yeah, that was really difficult. That was a that was poor design. Um, I knew it was going to be some sort of ruse. I didn't think it was literally going to be the Wizard of Oz ruse. I was yeah. wondering for a minute if it was going to be that what's her name was pulling the strings all along. Um, mm. The one who's the like the judge. <laughs> no, the one who's like the judge. I forget. Yeah, she yeah. got some weird um, alliterative name. Both her names start with an R, and I forget what they are. Um, I totally knew that when Sylvie Ravona def- Renslayer. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, when Sylvie knocked her out, I was like, "Oh, she's definitely going to come back and prune one of the two of them." I just wasn't sure which one it was going to be. Right. Obviously, ended up being Loki. Um, Curious to see the explanation of all this. I'm curious to see. Well, okay, so if these aren't if these timekeepers aren't the real timekeepers, are the timekeepers somewhere else? They just aren't here, and this is kind of like the showmanship to deliver that message. Or the timekeepers not existed at some other force. I wonder if it was Ravona. Obviously, it seems not to. I have a major question about her. That yeah, feels like a plot hole, but I. Reserve judgment, calling it that until we see the final two episodes. What do you got? What, what are you worried about? Well, just the whole way the Sylvie thing went down. Yeah. Doesn't fit. Like, we didn't see what she did to, quote unquote, break the timeline. Mm-hmm. She's a young girl. I mean, I understand they age differently when they're as guardians or whatever, right? But, like, by their standards, she's very young. She doesn't have time to do anything. She doesn't seem evil Loki yet, right? So, like... Mm-hmm. There's no nothing to say she was up to any sort of significant mischief. She's just playing with her fucking toys. You know what I right. mean? She's the equivalent of a like an eight-year-old or whatever the hell she is. Mm-hmm. They just swoop in and they're going to throw her right on trial. And it's like, oh, shit. And she disappears in a fit of panic. And Ravona was the one who captured her. Mm-hmm. She's the one who's bringing her to trial. And then she disappears. 
She was there in front of the judge. Mm-hmm. Why is there no official paperwork on this? Why did she get off without any admonishment? She lost her temporal pad. And this variant, who has caused so many issues for seemingly thousands of years, got off on her watch, and she ended up the one in charge? Yeah, so I have a theory about this. and that is, So, like, what I was thinking is that... Um, and there's no paperwork it, about any of this, right? Or it was expunged, right, to some degree. So, like... What my my what I was guessing out of this, based on like the way the character, because the character also has a very different demeanor in that scene, obviously was a long time ago. But uh, yes. Ravona, like I'm kind of wondering if so. Whoever's pulling the strings, right? Here's my here's my grand like so far grand theory. Whoever's pulling the strings, it's actually a single person of some kind that has actually created this whole concept, right? And my theory is that they are pruning timelines that could potentially dethrone them from this ridiculous power that they have, right? Like that's like, it's very selfish. It's a very selfish thing. Keep me in It's a reasonable hypothesis. Yeah. Right. I think that this person or entity, uh, it's kind of like that, uh, uh, like almost like that charismatic thing, like very easily can like win people over. And I assume that like Ravona, when she was a, Young or lower down the totem pole in, uh, in the uh, what is it the T T TVA TVA when she was like that she was like a tryhard right and like really wanted to impress this person like really believed in the mission and things like that and yeah. that I'm guessing that that person groomed her right to the point where she made a big mistake there and like something happened and she probably has to prove like we don't know what happens in between but, like she probably has to like prove herself or something or is continually trying to prove herself to work back that debt of screwing this up and mm-hmm. has since realized what's actually going on, but also the power, how much, how powerful that being is that she's like terrified now. I think there's, and like, she's now working, operating out of fear. I mm-hmm. think that there's going to I feel like they're going to give her character a little bit more dimension. Well, it's obviously she's operating out of fear because she snaps when he asks questions about what's going on. Mm-hmm. She's trying to protect some sort of illusion. The question is, is it, on whose behalf, right? Right. Um, is it the timekeepers? Is it some other power behind the throne? Is it herself? Mm-hmm. Because right now, the only and I, you know, I've, I've had mere minutes before we started recording to like try and process all of this. Right. I wonder. The only conclusion I can come to right now that makes sense that it wouldn't be a plot hole is in trying to defend herself for her horrible botching of that situation. Did she find some way to seize power of the TVA and remake it in her own image? Mm. Did she kill the timekeepers, kill anyone who could question her or and or brainwash, right? Maybe it's not killed because we know some of the TVA agents are brainwashed variants. Mm-hmm. Did she find a way to either kill, supplant or re-erase, like erase and, and re, you know, configure this place where she's in power? To cover for her mistake, you know, one of those things where it's like, I fucked up, so the only way is to go deeper down the, you know, yeah. cover the the mistake with bigger mistakes type of thing. Go mm. bigger, go home, and by seizing the reins of power and all of that's the only way I can protect myself. Which was the Loki plan from the beginning of the show, remember, was like, right. I was caught by the TVA, if I can supplant the timekeepers, could I take control of the TVA? That's the only way out of this form. Mm. So, I wonder if that's what she did. Because that's the only way you cover up that sort of debacle right. that she created. Because like she should be scrubbing toilets at the TVA, not 
the one in yeah, charge. Yeah, we, we also don't. We, we also we know now that some of these TVA agents are also are variants that they have. All of them, right? So I guess the there is some other mechanic or tool at play that we don't really know how it works yet, where you are able to erase a mind, right? So like, yeah, there's, yeah, which is why I think that's yeah. the case. You know? Yeah, it could be. I'm curious. I, I can't wait to see how it unfolds. I like that. Like, we could have little theories right now and stuff, but I feel like there's no way to know. Like, it's just speculation at this point. And if you're right and you happen to be right in the future, I feel like it's like we don't we 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 could we could say with comment, we didn't know, but we had some ideas. <laughs> well, I just because the, there is something. I mean, we've always known that, or maybe not always, but for some time we've known there's something not right at the top here. Yeah. But when you look at specifically the relationship between her and Sylvie, one that's predominantly existed off screen because they've been separate since that time. Right. And it even further piqued my interest when they're taking the elevator up and she asks, what was my crime? Like, what could I have possibly done? Again, going back to the point I'm making, it's like, she's a, you know, Asgard equivalent of an eight year old. Mm -hmm. What could she have done? Yeah. Well, that's, that's the reason why I think that it's something else. But it was more, it was more, it was more than that just though. Because it's following up that question with the response, I don't remember. Mm. That's a lie. Sassy. Because we've known all along she's been trying to cover up that mistake. Yeah. Because when Mobius asks, that's why she won't let her talk. That's why she won't let him talk to Sylvie. Right. Even more than that she doesn't want the the whole thing about the... Because I don't think she knew at that point that Sylvie had discovered the idea. Actually, no, she would have because she had interrogated C-20 and she mentioned that whole thing. So I think that's part of it. But I think even more than that, no one at any point has mentioned the fact that she was the one who brought her in and let her escape. Whoever that judge was, you only ever see him in the background. He ain't there anymore. Mm-hmm. So she's, and she was in that role, right? She's been promoted right. to that guy's yeah. role. Yep. And he's nowhere to be found. Yeah. And she's dismissive in a way that is obscuring something not dismissive mm-hmm. in a way that is just true dismissiveness yeah uh it could be it could be like if she it would be kind of cool if she ends up becoming this grand villain of some kind that we don't we don't see i think that's where or we're like, headed you're thinking like the repurpose of a character name that maybe we know but is not the 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 normal version of that character or well like my most likely con- my most likely conclusion is i think she's another loki Ooh, i didn't think of that that makes a lot of sense, and that would be really cool. That's a cool yeah. theory. I dig that. But I mean, but she could be someone else. It could yeah, be some other. You said that <laughs> it could be some other named character yeah. that we forgot about, or it could be some other named character who maybe she makes it out of this show and she shows up somewhere else in a powerful role in some other movie or whatever. Right? You know. Yeah. Um, but my Ooh. suspicion is she's another. Local. Yeah, there's a reason maybe, that can't be the case. Like, I don't know whether she was at the time that she took Sylvie necessarily. Maybe she was, maybe she wasn't. But I think whatever point now, I, I my suspicion is maybe she could be another Loki who did the thing that Loki and Sylvie have already been aspiring to, taking over the TVA. Right. Wow. That's <laughs> I could be wrong. That's just theorizing. That'd be cool. I mean, that would be cool. I'm okay with any of these things being what happened. Yeah, I, I think it'll be fun. It's cool. It's a, it's a little disappointing. We only got two more episodes. It's the first show that it felt like we haven't had enough time on, really. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you on that. But all right, so two more episodes over the next two weeks, or are they doing them all at once? The last, the last two, do you know? 
I was under the impression it's across the next two weeks, but I don't know for a fact. Yeah, I hope so. Oh, man. Love it. Anything else on Loki? Um, no, I, I think that was about it for this week. Well, then more on Loki next week. But now, it's time for some fun and game. Al, it is your turn this week. Do you have a movie prepared? I have selected the movie. Just allow me to bring it up on IMDb so that we can expedite any answering of questions that I have. Sure. I have selected this movie on IMDb. Okay. I am ready to go, I guess. Okay. Did this movie come out during or after the year 2000? Yes. Okay. You said after, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Did this movie come out during or after the year 2010? No. Okay. We have a 2000. Uh, is this movie... Uh, did this movie... Was this movie nominated or... Yeah. Was this movie nominated for any of the big Oscar categories? No. Uh, has this movie been done on the series Flicks in a Six? No. Okay. Um, is this movie an action movie? No. Okay. Well, I, I will clarify. It's not to I say am, that there isn't action. at any single point a moment of action. Sure. It's not it's an action. Not, movie. It's not an action. Okay. Um, that was what four? I don't know. Yes, Probably. two ye- two years, and then nomination, and then category okay, nomination. Four. Not a nomination. Year two thousand. So the year two thousand flick. Okay. Uh, is this movie a comedy? No. Okay. Okay. Um. Uh. Is the is the would you say that this dir- that the director of this movie is a favorite of yours or mine? No. Huh. Okay. <laughs> Wait, sorry. Uh, just to be clear. Yeah. That's not to say that it's a director that either of us hates. It's just not. No, no. It's not like one that we are like, oh, yeah. We've ever highlighted. Favorites. Um, uh, it, does this movie have a primary lead? I don't know how the best way to a- ask this question. It's, I mean, there is a core group of people in this movie, but I wouldn't call it an ensemble. There is a lead. There's an identifiable a- lead. Identifiable lead. That's the that's the that's what I was looking for. Does this movie have an identifiable lead? Okay, cool. Alright, so there's a lead. Uh probably looking at something a little bit more I'm gonna guess on the um year two thousand. It's not action, it's not comedy. I don't wanna burn too many questions on on genre, but I feel like I need to I need Well hang on a second. Sorry, did did you say the year two thousand? I may have said that out loud, but I meant the two thousands. Okay, I just want to be clear. I did yeah. not say that it was no. in the 2000s. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's fair. But um, that it was simply between the years of 2000 2009. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't know if you wouldn't be able to know the answer to this easily. Um, was the movie... Is it has it identifiable? Don't, don't, don't get hung up on the action sequences thing. I just wanted to be clear that this wasn't... Sure. Like, well, we obviously know that it's post... It's not, it's not 12 Angry Men, which is, you know, I mean, like, there's a bunch of people sitting in a room doing no action in any way, shape, or form. You know I mean, like, it's it is a movie in which things happen, not an action movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 
That didn't count this, as a question. You didn't ask yeah. a question. Is either. this movie, uh, does this movie qualify as a horror or thriller? Thriller is one of the things listed on IMDb. Okay. Okay, we got thriller. Thriller, probably thriller drama, potentially. Um, would be my guess. Is there, uh, are there sci-fi elements in this movie? Yes. Okay. Um, okay. Is this movie part of a franchise? Um, hang on a second. <laughs> Great. I feel like by asking that question, I've completely ruined this, and now I, I will have no idea where to go, regardless it, of what you answer, because you didn't know the answer right away. <laughs> I was 99% sure of the answer. I just wanted to make 100% sure before I answer the question, and the answer is yes. Okay. So that's the 10th question. We have a movie that was released in the 2000s that has an identifiable lead that is at least partially a thriller. It has sci-fi elements, um, part of a franchise. Um... Are there, are there any relatively big name actors in the movie? Yes. Okay. Man. Thriller, uh, sci-fi. Uh, does the movie take place on Earth? Yes. Okay. Um, is there, is there some sort of impending or? Uh, impending gl- or or previous like global catastrophe. No. Okay. You going with like the day after tomorrow? Is that? What you're <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, uh, as some sort of no, asteroid I, I, or like you know volcanoes <laughs> going off or aliens. You know. To be to, to be clear, all of those things clearly nineties movies. That's just fair. That's like, a good. That's a good point. That's deep good impact point. Armageddon, um, <laughs> volcano, there, there Dante's Peak. There were a bunch in the two thousands, though. I'm just saying, like the big ones. ones, the four like, I mentioned yeah. were all nineties movies. Um, yeah, but it's funny because as soon as you asked that question, like a global, like issue, my first thought was in the two thousands. That's got to be day after tomorrow. He's leaning after. Her. <laughs> yeah. Um. Hmm. Is this movie rated R? Um, that's a good question. What is the rating? Yes. Okay. That was uh, 14. Series. Rated R. Sci-fi. Thriller. 2000s. Um, some known cast members. (laughs) We don't know who. Uh, That's a tough one, right? Because, like, if you can nail a lead, right? You could start whittling it down like real quick. Yeah, but, but like, how do you even if you, get there? Like, you have to really <laughs> get lucky with your guess, right? Really pigeonhole the genre so specifically that you have a good chance of guessing who it is. You know? Yeah. Like, if it's like, oh, action movies of the eighties, like you got unfortunate you didn't think of the one person in you know a couple weeks ago but you know if you guess and it's Arnold Schwarzenegger okay man I can like really just narrow down these couple of movies right yeah some well-known actors in it sci-fi sci-fi thriller part of a franchise there's no impending global issue catastrophe global catastrophe of some kind um uh is this the first movie in the franchise? It is. 
I just want to be clear because it's very obvious that you're hung up on the franchise thing. Mm-hmm. There is more than one movie in this series. Whether or not you would define it as a franchise is up to your interpretation. That's probably helping you too much. Well, helping you too much at least in setting you in the right course. I don't know if that's going to help you get the answer, but like, I just want to be clear about that. I guess the way that I was phrasing the question, if there were two movies, if there was a movie and a sequel, I would probably, I would, I would be okay with you answering yes, it's part of a franchise. Okay. So then we're on the same page. That's okay, fine. cool. I'm not thinking like, like the MCU clear franchise. Yes. But if, if there was only Terminator 1 and Terminator 2, I would also consider that a franchise. <laughs> okay. So I, I, no, so, so we define things the same okay. way. Then that's cool, fine. Cool. That's all. Cool, cool. That's I don't think that that's, I don't think that's, that's like a, an undue hint or deterrent, but I didn't want, like, if, for instance, obviously it's not Terminator 1 and 2, right? Like, mm-hmm. But I didn't want you to be like, oh, that's not a franchise. There was two movies. Now, obviously, they made a ton of movies after that, but people choose to, <laughs> like, make them a part of a thing or not a part of a thing or whatever, right? Like, Right. Um, and it's the first one. Definitely, yes. <laughs> uh, is this... Um, is it an active franchise has a movie like it's like has a movie of this come out recently or is there one coming out like that's what i mean by act like i'm gonna say no for all intents and purposes if it is if i'm wrong about this i I can go do the research if you want but if there is it's probably a direct video movie (laughs) okay oh my god um listen i'll well i'll just say this right because this movie clearly can't be it because it was an 80s movie right like the lost boys yeah Spawned a franchise. There was one that came out a few years ago. It was like the third or fourth one in the series. Now, I'm pretty sure that whatever the most recent one was came out straight to video. <laughs> like, sure. I'm, not saying, I'm not saying whether all the ones did or didn't come out straight to video. And I'm not saying whether that's the case in this series. Yeah. I'm just like, to the best of my knowledge, the series is, is ceased to continue. Um, may, it could have been a series. Or well, at least it has. There's at least more than one movie, and this is the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh man, uh, action thriller. I gotta go through this again. Lean, lean, lean away from the action. Two, yeah, okay. Action. Okay. Uh, some some action elements. It was thriller, just, thriller it, sci-fi. You asked whether it was an action movie. It's not. Right, an right. Movie. Oh right. I, I think I got hung up on that a little bit somehow. But yeah. Okay. Um, sci-fi thriller. I keep like one-off movies are popping into my head that could potentially fit, but then they're 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 not. There's no sequels to them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I'm glad I asked that though, because at least it could rule rule them out. Um, relatively well-known actors in the movie. Uh, really, action. Is there sci-fi? Damn. I think the sci-fi is also tripping me up, too. You know what it is? It's the sci-fi without action that's tripping you up, right? Maybe. It, uh, maybe. It, it could be. Because I'm trying to think of, like, so, like just mechanics like of a movie yeah. that could be. Well, because typically sci-fi, you think, like, Star Wars or something. You know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah, it's yeah. clearly an action movie, right? You know. Sure. Or, like, or like I go to space, right? Like, and well, it takes place on Earth. Um... I know, I think that was, I feel like that's probably thriller? Thriller? No. The, the problem is, and I'm not going to say which ones, mm-hmm. although if you really do the forensics on this, you could probably figure them out. There's a handful of questions in here 
that I've given you accurate answers to, uh-huh. but they may be throwing you off, even though sure. I'm giving you the truth and I'm not like yeah, yeah. doing no, any I, double speak. I but I, there's things that were like when you when you hear the answer, you're gonna be like, oh shit, this just the confluence of these questions. Like it's just bad luck. It was really what it comes down to because they're good questions yeah. in general for this game, but they may have not been helpful to you in this specific iteration. Yeah. Like I'm seeing that now once you now that you've reached this stage, you know? Mm-hmm. Um Oh, I have to I do have to consider that we haven't done it. That's a big that is a big thing. Because we've done this is the hundred and seventy fourth episode. I mean it's certainly a factor. Um did I I feel like I asked if it was a comedy. You asked, and the answer was it is not a comedy. Okay. Um Man. A couple months from now, we're gonna have to like go into this game with like pen and paper to like write down all of the things and like there's gonna be like trees like, yeah like, like, like venn diagrams like <laughs> and like try to get in your head uh it's gonna take an hour <laughs> is is the movie based on uh, what's the best way to, like a based on a licensed property no okay really that was um 17 by the way is the movie based on a book i'm gonna allow you to retract that question because you just asked that question one question ago. <laughs> Not oh, based I guess, on I, guess I, I was thinking more along the lines of like a big character thing, but I guess that makes sense. No, that to the best of my knowledge, is this an original screenplay? It's probably what it, it probably would have been like a better way to, to go about it. Well, I think either uh, way, to me, if you asked if it's based on a licensed property, it could be a comic book. It could be a book. It could be... Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Good to know. Good to know going forward. All right. To me, if it's it's either... Original or it's licensed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Is, that could be... Oh, go ahead. Is this movie live action? Yes. That's 18. <laughs> that, that one I know. <laughs> ah, uh, so you're basically down to your last question. Yeah, it's a question and a guess, right? Yes. Well, that's what I'm saying. You're down to your last question. Yeah. Sci-fi? Thriller? You have no chance at this point, so okay. I'm going to give you an unprecedented hint. Ooh. Now, this may in no way, shape, or form actually help you give an answer, but it's from the year 2004. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Doesn't count as your question. No, that's fair. That's like one of those things where, like, it doesn't even matter. Um, Which is why I'm just trying to, like, spice it up, because I feel bad, because you're, like, at least, like, Indiana Jones, you were close. You're not... Really close. You haven't gotten anything tangible. I, I've got nothing. I've got. I've got. Now, if you get it, it's gonna be hilarious. <laughs> oh my god. Um, is this movie a mind fuck? <laughs> Define that, please. <laughs> like a, a, I like some sort of like outlandish, deep concept that's like. It's hard. It's like it's kind of hard to wrap. Like it's like you could, you could follow the movie, but like wrapping your head around it is like Jesus. Like this is kind of crazy. Um, I'm trying to think of some like movies from like that era that I could give an example of. Like, uh, uh, well, how about era, this? Or any era. Uh, how about this? Let's let's let's, cut, let's pick something outside of the yeah, yeah. funds. Um, okay. Does it? I'm thinking something like psychological or like messing with time and space or just like. Mental variants. What do you mean by mental variants? Like, uh, how about uh, let's let's just go with uh, is there a 
if there were like a time and or space mechanic in this movie, time and or space manipulation mechanic in this movie. Yes. You're under your guess. Thriller. Relatively well-known actors. Thriller, sci-fi, time and or space mechanic. Early two, oh, actually, I was going to say early 2000s, very specifically 2004, <laughs> which is fantastic. Um, early 2000s, like very part specifically. Of fran- part of a franchise, but you had to look it up. I, this, I don't know when this movie came out. It could be any, it could be any time. This movie could have come out at any time. And I, <laughs> it's like one of the, like, you know, there's some movies that are like, I know the year that came out. And then there's other movies that are like, I just don't know. Uh, That's either 2004 or 1937. What the hell was it called? Hang on. I want, God, I want this, I want my guess. I just got to think of the name of the movie. It would just be so amazing. I actually think you're going to get it. I think the year was too much. Um, Oh, man. Oh, my God. The the name of the movie is on the tip of my tongue. Is it the butterfly effect? It is. (laughs) Yes! I shouldn't have given you the year. It was too nice. The, the year, I think the year, the year definitely helped because, like, when I started well, thinking I mean, about like the, the time the frame, second, so the second you went from two thousand four to your very next question being, is it manipulating time and space? It was like, wow. So he knew that movie came out in that year specifically. No, no, like, no, like, <laughs> yeah, like not even. Yeah, that was just a that was a thing that I was like, I, I feel like, okay. So then I start to think about things like the sixth day, right? Like that is a that's a mind bender. That's where that was coming into play. Okay. Um, and that's why I, I couldn't think of like the, the what I wanted to say, but like I was thinking like clones, like mental. Mm-hmm. When I said men, mental, very like like you, you don't know who you are. Oh, it's like I guess identity. It's like identity crisis, but on like a higher level, not like a not like a oh like what was me identity crisis, but like a like holy shit, like what am I? <laughs> like it's funny. That, I was thinking. Or, I was thinking about the sixth day after watching Blade Runner twenty forty nine. And, and nice. And for a while, I was like. I was going to go, I was about to pursue that route, but like it was the, I kept having to take myself back of this clearly action in that movie. Uh, the, uh, and I don't know. It just like, Oh, and part of, and the franchise thing killed that, but there are then that stupid movie. I, I have seen the butterfly effect many times. <laughs> I figured you had seen it at least once. And so then, I was like, okay, it's fair game to pick this totally random early two thousands forgettable sci-fi movie well not forgettable but like mediocre sci-fi yeah. movie yeah but like it, it, i like this idea of like you're picking a movie that like i mean i know it exists and i know of yes. it, and i more than likely have seen it and that was that to me it was like okay has he if not seen it at least functionally aware of the movie because that movie oh, kind of was a man. touchstone of that time uh and I'm okay with you getting it because, to me, honestly, I think you lose because um, I gave oh, you. Oh, I lose. The that's, last I, bit. So, yeah, that's a that's a win. But I wanted to see for sure. I, I wanted to see if me throwing you that lifeline at least gave you a chance. It's so weird because, like, it somehow it narrowed the filter to the early parts of 2000. Very specifically, a year. Like, I wouldn't have been able to tell you the butterfly effect came out in 2004. But you knew specifically but, it came out between 2003 and 2005. Uh, yeah, exactly. No, like, but like early 2000s. I was and, and like, could it like, is it? In my mind, is it definitely not 2004? The answer was no. I, I have no idea. So also, re- also recall the sixth day is very specifically a year two, 2000. It is a year 2000 movie, right? Which you had to, you did clarify early on. Like I didn't say it was a 2000 movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. A year 2000 movie. That would be that's that's the next one. We're not going to narrow down decades. Is this a year 2000 movie? 
<laughs> well, remember, remember, we've discussed many times that movies from the year 1999 and 2000 are entirely its own genre in a way that yep. movies from 1995 to 1998 are, yep. in a way that movies from 2003 to 2006 are, um, yeah. you know. Butterfly effect. And there were, yeah, there were a lot, there were, there's a lot, there were a lot more. There is at least, right? at least one sequel, which I, like, I knew, but I just, I was like, Am I misremembering that? So that's why I looked it up. But like, I'm I knew sure for a fact there was at least one sequel. The main there, there is like the but like the second one. He is he in it? I have no idea. I, never saw I feel like there was like a second one that is like fairly mainstream. But then I think there was like a bunch more after that that were like direct to like DVD. Um, I knew that there so, was at least a second one. I don't know if there's more after. It doesn't look like he's in the first one. Butterfly or second one. Effect. Who else was in that? Uh, Amy Smart. Right. Oh, oh my gosh! Man. You know who? Do you know who was in the second one? Who? Um, what's his name from Schitt's Creek? Ted. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so there is at least a three. Okay, I thought there might have been two or three. I was like ninety nine point nine percent sure there was a two. I didn't know if there was anything beyond that, but I knew it was that type of movie. Like, there's a lot of movies it feels like from that era that got a lot of like direct to DVD type. Yes. Yeah. Like the yeah. Scorpion King got like multiple ones. Anaconda got multiple ones. Man, that is that was fun, Al. That was a good one. It's a good pick. It's a respectable choice, I think. It's a good. It's a pick. Like there's, uh, it was a fifty-fifty shot whether or not I get it. I didn't get it. Uh, I got there, but I didn't get it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, we literally uh, got down to the point of a coin flip. Like exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's like what? Like, throw out a random. I mean, I gotta think. Rem- remember some of these questions though, like time or space mechanics sci-fi where it takes place earth or elsewhere like things like that like yeah contemporary is another good one like no you you asked a lot of good questions the problem is so many of them were actively sabotaging you in this one because yep. like, <laughs> sci- sci- sci-fi movie but this isn't really what you think when you think sci-fi yeah franchise there are sequels but most people even if they were functionally aware there were sequels think of just this movie because no one ever saw the sequels like right <laughs> oh my god that's too good Recognizable right. actors. Ashton Kutcher is an incredibly recognizable, famous person. Right. But he's been out of the acting limelight for some years now. And like from specifically the years like 2003 to 2008, Amy Smart was a big deal in that five-year window. But like yeah. hasn't been a big deal since. That's true. Damn. Good one, Al. Good one. With that, let us get into our flick of the week. Blade Runner 2049, released in 2017, rated R with a two-hour and 44-minute runtime. Young Blade Runner K's discovery of a long-buried secret leads him to track down former Blade Runner Rick Deckard, who has been missing for 30 years. Okay, that's your IMDb synopsis. Al, why don't you kick us off with your tweet length review? Take a deep breath, because I might be about to do a blasphemy. A what? A blasphemy. Oh, okay. An overall more coherent addendum to the Runiverse that covers the same exact thematic material as original, but better. Mm. Plus it's gorgeous to look at. 8 out of 10. Oh, okay. So you you, you enjoyed it. Um, Is that blasphemous? Well, considering how like largely revered the original was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, honestly, how this one was received. 
That's like fair. Cr- critically or I thought it was for whatever reason, well, but I yeah. I feel like it was received received fairly well, but like quietly by like critics at least. I don't know how it was received by the fandom because it's not a fandom that I've ever really engaged with in any way, shape, or form, actively or passively. <clears throat> uh, and not in the same way that I'm familiar with how the first one is viewed. So um, I didn't know if this would be considered blasphemous, but sure. um, yeah, I mean, we did the first one sometime mm-hmm. last year. And well, I guess let's get yours first and then we'll, we can sure. get going with all of that. But yeah. Uh, Blade Runner 2049 is fan fiction in its highest form, exploring a really fascinating conceptual extension to the original while taking excellent care to build on but not reinvent the original world. And then it takes that idea and stretches it out over the next three hours. Six out of ten. It's only two and a half hours. Uh, it, it felt like seven. Well, both movies feel longer they're, than they, they are. They are exa- they're, they're exhausting to watch. Well, this one was literally exhausting because, as I said, I think before we started recording, I was very tired, and I watched this across three viewings. I watched the yeah. first like half hour on Sunday night, and then I watched like forty-five-ish minutes on Monday night, and then the rest of it last night. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just for my own like before getting into it. I just knew okay, it said two forty-five. The actual runtime was like two thirty-three or something like that. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, long movie. Probably not gonna be able to sit down and watch this all at one time because I'm never turning it on before like nine o'clock. So, yeah, yeah I, I broke mine up into two viewings. As yeah, well. I would I, ideally I would have liked to do it half and half like that. It mm-hmm. just didn't work out though. I think when I started Sunday, I thought I was gonna be able to get through more of it than I did. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, I wasn't bored. I wasn't like falling asleep. I was just like, I'm tired. I should probably just go to bed because I'm gonna get to the point where I'm no longer retaining this if I go any further. Yeah. It, there's something like I feel like I'm maybe like a little miss like the score for this one I feel like was hard to give because I don't I don't think it's a bad movie that's why it's a six in my opinion. but it's like I think it's it does some cool things and yeah. I think there's no argument visually the movie looks unreal like it's an incredible aesthetic like and and by the way I only watched like half of it on like 4K the other half that I watched <clears> like on 1080p on my projector and like even watching it in there i'm like okay this looks like something from 10 years ago because it's on outdated technology Mm -hmm. but even through that i can tell that it's incredible yeah yeah and like the production design was outstanding and like from like a technical perspective there were so many like cool and inventive that's i mean i had already seen like a kind of a making of thing a couple years ago the scene where they graphed the two yeah. characters together. That's incredible. I got like extended almost double exposure is what it looks like. Yeah, and the way they filter which one is dominant back yeah. and forth and when it's 50-50 mm-hmm. and it's like how it's almost seamless, but it's not. But the fact that it's not, it's actually intentional. Like it's not a right. lacking of the technology. That is a choice that's made. That was so cool to me to watch that unfold. Yeah. Yeah, that 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 was that was pretty cool. That, that's, there's a series of cool things going on in the movie. I just think overall, I'm not I'm not super in love with the universe. I think there's there are some cool things that they're exploring. I love the idea of exploring like what does it mean to be alive. Yeah, which obviously that's at the core. That's what these movies are actually about: is the, yeah. the nature of self, 
and intelligence and life and what those things all mean to the individual and to a society and where those two things intersect and interact and ultimately mm-hmm. come into conflict with each other. The thing is, both of those movies are about those exact same things in the exact same way. Like, it's yeah. not, if this isn't like The Force Awakens and uh, A New Hope, where it's like a mishmash of the same exact story, right? It's two different stories examining the exact carbon copy same themes. Mm-hmm. I thought this one did it better and more clearly. I, I agree. I think it because. Did it well. Because, like, you can check the boxes as quote-unquote equal about, like, the nature of self and the nature of life. But a big component of what Blade Runner is supposed to be, I, I which I only realized after watching this one, mm-hmm. was, well, when we have to redefine what life is, do our preconceived notions of whether or not this is a slave or a tool come into effect? I didn't appreciate, or maybe the movie didn't do a good and clearly clear enough examination of that important distinction mm-hmm. in the first one, where in this one it was very obvious. Oh my God, you've acted like these things aren't alive and intelligent in the way that you are, so you don't even view them as slaves, right. which obviously has parallels to how actual slaves have been treated in real life historically, sure. where academically because they were born we know that they were humans but they were treated as less than human Mm -hmm. in this case there's the thin facade of this was grown in the lab Mm -hmm. we created its personality we created its memories they don't exist they're not real we gave it a name we gave it a purpose it is analogous to a computer behind that thinly veiled facade. I'm gonna, I just wanna jump in for a second here. Uh, if you lose me, and this becomes the end of the episode, uh, my power went out. I'm just saying oh. it now. Did it? Uh, I mean, no, it oh, okay. It I, saw, I saw a flicker of yeah, light. Yeah, it blinked yeah. a couple times, uh, which was not ideal. So I okay, guess we'll yeah. see what happens. So uh, anyway, to to, to, yeah, to finish that point, the, I mean, like, they kind of talked about it, like, was it Roy Batty? It was a character, Rucker Howard's character, right? Like mm-hmm. talked about how like they were like servants or slaves kind of, or whatever, but we didn't see it. Yeah. We didn't feel it. Like they told us it, but I didn't see or feel it really exactly. like, these in a happen, real like, way. Oh, they happen over there. Yeah. So it like it was it like, it didn't have the same impact. It was tell, don't show. I saw it and I felt it in this movie. It's like, Oh, that's what this has been all about yeah. this whole time. Yeah, that is a really interesting thing to talk about. Yeah. Why didn't you do it in that two and a half hour movie that came out 30 years ago? Or 35 yeah. years ago, whatever it was. Because right. we talked about it now. I, I, so I, I, when I was done watching the movie, I felt like Denis Villeneuve felt the same way I did, just got to that point earlier. Like, I feel like you guys had something to talk yeah. about. And you like, didn't do a really good job. I'm going to yeah. do it better. <laughs> yeah, for, for sure. I do like, yeah, to, and to do it better, like, they just take the question, like, one step further, right? It's like, it can think. It can act, it can seemingly simulate emotion the same way that we do. So is it real? Uh, is it life? Like, does it, is it equal? And then that, re- and like, so I feel like it's almost like you hold back the next piece of it to get the answer to that first. So that this is like layers on top of that, right? Which is, okay, what if it wasn't created in the factory? What if it was born? 
And which, which, you know, that's what we see unfold in this movie, right? Yeah. Is well, like, well, that's not possible. It's like, it's the, it's the Jurassic Park thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh no, we control their lives. Like they, they only give birth when we tell them to, they eat when we tell them to, they breathe when we tell them to. Well, motherfucker, they evolved and then they started doing it themselves. You in control? Life, Same thing here. Uh, we created. Uh, finds a way. Exactly. We yeah. created you. We've given you purpose. We've given you life and thought. And so, no, you are not our slaves. You are our tools. Mm-hmm. Until you evolve to the point where you can create the life itself naturally. Yeah. And then it's no longer an academic discussion of the property or person. Mm-hmm. They are people. Well, I think what they did that was interesting was one thing that I really appreciated about the execution was, so we get this idea, like there is a replicant that was born, right? So that's one, that's one aspect of it. I think that's really cool. The other thing, the, the other, the opposite side of that is we have this, the head of like that Wallace industry, he's augmented, like he's half machine to correct some of the things that have gone wrong with him. So like, so that blurs the line too. That's just coming at it from the other angle. Right. So it's like, well, so if that person's, they're basically the argument being like, if this person started off as a machine, but grew human emotion or become like, has human emotion, are they like, are they, are they equal? But you started off with, with organic tissue, but you're mostly robot because of the augments that you put into you. Like, how is that different? Well, so that's the other important part of this. And maybe, I, I don't know if I was misunderstood this, if I misremembered this, or if it wasn't clearly defined to me when I watched the first one. I thought they were androids with, like, human skin in, like, not obviously Terminators, but in that mold where it's, like, robot underneath. Or, like, if you want to use a better, maybe, analogy because you don't want that, you know, death machine metal thing underneath. Mm-hmm. Consider Alien and Aliens, like, their android characters where, like, they are synthetic, but with living tissue over them. Yeah, yeah, that's not what a replicant is. Apparently, apparently, it's just a human that was grown in a lab that was basically programmed. But there's no right computer in there. It's just tissue. It's, yeah, it's synthetic tissue, right? But ultimately, real and living and breathing. Right. It just didn't come like out of a womb. Cells. It didn't it exactly. Yeah. I thought it was some sort of hybrid, and clearly, I was wrong about that until I watched this movie. Yeah, because like the the serial numbers are like on the bones, right? Is that yeah. where they were? Uh, yeah. Well, it was on the eyelid or whatever, right? Or the no, that's eye. six that. Okay. Well, that's it's that too. <laughs> you got those orange dots. <laughs> well, no, remember she says, "Look into my eye," whatever. Like that was, and that was the yeah. thing from the first one. Remember they put the magnifying thing, and it was like, was it like stenciled on the eyeball or on the eyelid or whatever it was? Yeah, I'm not sure. But that, but that's a, actually an important part of like maybe why I didn't understand the relevance in Blade Runner. Like, I mean, I got it. it was like, oh, well, these things can think and feel. Like, are they alive or not? Right? Like, mm-hmm. which totally fine, fair game. But like, the fact that it's a hundred percent organic, whether or not it was born, was lost right. on me apparently watching the first one, and not lost on me in this one. And maybe that's why I was able to empathize more with not with the, the people, the characters, like with the what the story was trying to tell me. You know what yeah. I mean? And then, like, then it comes in the questions of, like, the darkness of, like, okay, so then they were, these these organic things were programmed, as, like, assuming by some form of a computer, right? Like, so, the, so like, is that, that's basically the same thing as emotional manipulation prior to having the technology to do it with a computer, right? Like, Sure. I mean, they, you know, they, instinct and DNA are programming, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
in whatever way, obviously the process is different than what you do, but it is a form of programming. Yeah, yeah. It programs your heart to beat and it programs your kidneys to filter out things and your stomach to digest food and your brain to think and, and it, respirate and to die in eight things. years or that's how those replicas those older replicants were designed right that was like no i think that's the sixth day again no i thought the i thought they were supposed to, they were supposed, <laughs> I thought they were supposed to die but like something went wrong i i mean that that is i think also to, i don't remember what the timeline was but yes you're right i think they were designed with a very specific lifespan but that was a sixth that was yeah. part of the whole thing with the sixth day right was it most of them were dying after like five years because yeah. they were like the cheaper version of the clones or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But like, like we had mentioned before, very pretty movie. Um, it's, it's so funny. Cause I feel like they, they put, they put Harrison Ford, like on the poster, right? Like he was in the trailer and he was like, so I feel like it, but they don't reveal him until deep into the movie. I feel like it would have been cool. It probably, I feel like it would have been an awesome idea to hold him back and not top bill him. If you were eight, if you could pull that off, because that would have been a what? fun thing to like. Oh, like are they going to put him in this movie? And then like he, they do like when he when uh, Keg finally goes to see him. I feel like that could have. Been. I imagine that marketing choice was made on like, okay, if you're a fan, if you loved Blade Runner, you're going to see this movie probably, mm-hmm. right? But if you're like a casual fan, it's like, oh yeah, I remember liking that when I saw it 30 years ago. Yeah, but I, I don't know. It wasn't like didn't rock my world. Oh, Harrison Ford's coming back for it. Okay. Yeah. I imagine and, that's and DDK and Doomsday Killer. <laughs> <laughs> well, he wasn't DDK, so it took me a second. <laughs> also, yeah. well, uh, while we're on the topic of Edward James, almost as one scene. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I wonder, was it a form of protest? Was it a fourth wall breaking thing, or was it just written into Harrison Ford's contract? Those lines, the the last Edward James. Almost line, I think, or one of the last lines he has in the movie. Um, it feels like that came directly from Harrison Ford, where he sa- he asks, Kay asks him, well, how do I contact him or whatever? And he goes, he just wants to be left alone. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's gone somewhere where he can't be found. He doesn't want to be involved with all of this. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing, but that was the gist of what he said. And I was yeah. just like. Now, are we talking about <laughs> Decker, Decker or, or Harrison Ford? Because I feel like that's what Harrison Ford has been trying to tell us for like 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Please leave me alone. I just want to crash my plane in peace. Yep. He got hurt again, by the way, making what? Indiana Jones 5. Did he really? He like broke his shoulder or something. Oh my God. Suits falling apart. When he, there is a scene in this movie where he starts running and I went, oh my God. Because he he is off balance. I mean, I'm not, you know, I understand he's old, but like they, they, they didn't well, also, need to make him run in that scene. And he was just like, it very much looked like he was running away from the movie. I, <laughs> <laughs> it's like Tom Tom Cruise and Family Guy, that Family yeah. Guy joke, running away from his thoughts. Yes. Um, but uh, maybe I'm misremembering the timeline. But was this movie shot after The Force Awakens? Is he just running poorly because his ankle got shattered in that? Maybe, but he's definitely running with that that you know you know the feeling, right? You're running downhill and you can't stop. That's <laughs> what it looked like. Like the body, was, like he wanted to be done, but the body kept going. That hey, this is pretty good. Running downhill makes me go faster. Oh god, it's too fast. I can't stop. Yeah, exactly. That's what it looked like. But it was flat ground. <laughs> great, great scene. Uh. The uh, you, there are a couple of scenes like scenes that took me by surprise. 
one in particular, like where, where I actually jumped and went, oh, like uh, I, I very, I very much pitch meeting went, oh my god, <laughs> was when uh, that I can't remember uh, love when love just karate chops that guy in the back of the neck. Oh yeah, I was when she did that. I was like, wait, is that how the is that how bodies work? Yeah, <laughs> she karate chopped him one time in the back of his head slash neck, and his face exploded. Yeah, yeah, that was intense. It's un- unsettling. But uh, that guy, so that guy doesn't make it. Oh, uh, whole... not, not just, all of her stuff was unsettling. What she did to her, what she, when she crushed that glass in Robin Wright's hand, yeah. I was Were like, you oh, Claire? God. Because I almost said Claire. No, I had to, like, I was running downhill and I almost said the pen at the end of it. And I was trying to stop from saying Got it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. When she's crushing her hand, uh, I was like, ooh, ooh. Yes, I literally felt it in my I was like that that tinge and that like where you like kind of like shrink up. And you're like, no, I can. But not, even, I, even though she dies in that scene, I think she won when she was like, just do it. It was like very much a like like who cares? Kill me, it's fine. She won on that part of it, but then like, her head hits purpose. the desk after she scans her face, and that she lost that scene. <laughs> that was so disrespectful. But oh yeah. <laughs> No, but on top of that, she, in a greater sense, she lost because, A, replicants aren't supposed to be able to lie. She got lied to. Totally didn't see it coming. Two, all of the things that she thought she was stopping and wasn't going to happen are happening. Right. So, really, she lost because she died for nothing. Like, I'm not saying her cause was right. Held her own. The cause she was fighting for, she got laughably wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I... There was that, I, I definitely got like turned around for a minute with the whole like, okay, who are these people that are trying to get K? Why do they want K to kill Deckard? I wasn't under, I, it, they were, I guess, just worried that he was going to blow the whistle on this whole thing. Like, I don't really understand what was going on there. Like, why they, uh, that group of people that eventually gets K and he's like talking with them where like they have to reveal to him that he's not the child. Mm. Um, they Which, want like, him to go kill Deckard. You kind of... S- you kind of saw that that twist untwist was going to come eventually, but it was just, it went so long and it was so, br- the rug was so brutally ripped out from under his feet that I felt bad. Oh yeah. Felt, definitely felt bad for him, but knew that it was the girl in the box. Sure. <laughs> but, well, I didn't at first, for a second there, I thought it was definitely going to be Kay. And then as it kept going on, I was like, it's not going to be him, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure who it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I probably should have remembered and this. That was probably more of a thing that came from watching it across three viewings that I lost track of her a little bit. Um, but, um, and I, you know, I should have seen it because you basically know in the watching these movies that everyone's lying at all times and that yeah. nothing is ever real or true. And so her saying, Oh yeah, that's a real true memory. I should have immediately known. Okay. So it's definitely not one. Yeah. because like, why would I take this one fact as facts? <laughs> What's a real true memory hers? Well, from a certain point of view, yeah. uh, <laughs> It felt like that was, it, it's okay when you, from a certain point of view within the same movie, right? I think so. Um, it's when it comes across multiple movies that it starts to get a little yeah. uh, wonky. <laughs> but, uh, uh, so anyway, that was the replicant underground of replicants yep. that have freed themselves from control from the new models. Because remember, the old models were the ones that did that. And we made the new ones, which are supposed to be even more obedient and subservient and couldn't possibly rebel. Mm-hmm. It's like now they are. And the underground was a, f- they're like this close to being ready to start the revolution. And they don't want someone to have an offsides and Deckard Blitting Wallace. No, they were going to interrogate the shit out of him. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Replicant. They were, they have tricks that will eventually get them the truth out of it. Yeah. So they didn't so, want to 
We want you to Unravel play Deckard, and the, the scene that would have uh, that, that they should have had after that is when they pan the camera to the entire sea of replicates, and they all go for the greater good. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> okay. Uh, then we get that crazy fight sequence. It so okay. Here's the thing that bothers me, and it's totally this is totally just a me thing. Doesn't uh, it doesn't mean the movie's bad or anything like that. I hate when scenes or things in a movie are weird for the sake of being weird. It's a thing that I've never liked. Uh, is the reason why I do, I dislike a lot of Tim Burton stuff. Hmm. Like just like extra like something being like extra weird or extra over the top because it's the vision or what I, I, I just don't, I just don't like it. I don't, I don't, I don't care for it. Um, okay. I don't know why. What but specifically in this? There are certain things like, uh, there's a lot of it in Dune too. Like there's some extra weird stuff that happens in that, in that movie. Like, so like, like that whole thing with the weird glowing worm thing or whatever, like you're talking about that stuff or, um, so in this movie, like, racing through like a, a whole bunch of scenes sorry uh when we go to there's something about and it's probably also has to do with the lingering the lingering camera which is another thing that i i totally get it you made a beautiful world and you want to show it off i get it i just well unlike we were talking about halloween earlier that this didn't feel like that this is meant to be a, a mournful contemplative atmospheric movie and everything in the visual and audio very clearly states that to you mm-hmm Everyone's mileage on that's going to be different. To me, where it was boring in the first one, in this one, even though it's not a super exciting movie, outside of a couple of specific action scenes, I felt myself compelled. Even though in like my second viewing, the middle viewing, I was having trouble f- staying awake just from pure exhaustion, not for a lack sure. of interest in the movie. And when the pace isn't moving at that point, it can be hard to hold on, mm-hmm. like mentally. But I kept wanting to see what's going to happen next, yeah. even though there wasn't always a lot of things happening. I mean, there are plenty of times. I, well, there is I, I think things. I'm with you on that. I, yeah, I wanted to. I was. I I no. I didn't want to turn it off or anything at any point. I was definitely. I was. I was in it enough that I wanted to see where it was going. But like, okay, certain things like when they go to I don't know uh, Vegas or whatever the hell uh, Harrison Ford's character is, but like those mm-hmm. giant, the giant like body statues, right? Very strange, very weird for the sake of being weird. And that's those that type of thing I thought was a little odd. And then we lingered on it for a long period of time. Then we get into their whole uh their whole fight and he's uh they end up in like that like that entertainment room with the stage and the holograms. Mm-hmm. And just the way that that is like skipping and changing between things, it's like that bothered me for some reason. Like those, it was being, it was very weird. It was just okay. being weird. And for whatever was reason, a, it, it makes my skin crawl when, when there are scenes like that. It was a little weird, but to me, I thought it was done purposefully, not even for aesthetic purposes, but like to show you the fall of this place. Right. Cause remember like the original Blade Runner was supposed to take place in, I think it was 2015 or 2019. And obviously they wildly exceeded expectations for when the technology was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. This one is 2049, which again, when your basis is already, the technology is wildly beyond where it was supposed to be even more so. And it's like, okay, so now we, how are we going to up the ante? Well, Las Vegas doesn't exist. There was a dirty nuclear device that was detonated there and there's fallout and it's not safe for living beings to be there, except for, I guess maybe replicants because while they're human and living tissue, apparently they were built with 
protections against radioactivity because Deckard should have been totally falling apart and he wasn't. Um, also lived well past that eight year mark, which is part of why I was Wait, about uh, that. I feel like they, they still play it loose with whether or not he's a rep. I thought this one basically solidified the fact that he Oh, was. I'm convinced after the first movie that he is, but I thought that it was still an open-ended question as far as everybody else is concerned. Well, I've only seen one of the versions of the original one, so I don't okay. know the differences that compare and contrast where one, it felt like he 100% was, whereas the other one it felt more ambiguous. Mm-hmm. My point was that to this one, it felt like they made it... He's very specifically part of the replicant cause. It's a big deal that him and another replicant were able to have a child. I thought the bit like, but it could also be a big deal that he was able to mentally get past this whole concept of not. Well, I thought there was also a line that he said something along the lines. I don't know if it was him or Kay. Someone said something along the lines of like someone like us. I didn't think he was talking about Blade Runners. It sounded like he was talking about. Replicants. Oh, I I took that line as Blade, Runners, but I I could see what you're saying at the beginning. A, the very hints though too. For sure. The, the very the very first scene when they very first meet the first couple sentences, mm-hmm. it's very clear that they're talking in a way that they're talking as two Blade Runners. Mm-hmm. But like a, it's like ten minutes later, the way he says it to me, it felt very obvious that they're talking about replicants at that point. Not Th- that being said, I still th- oh well, and and again, I think that I think Deckard is, but I also think that the cause of this movie is uh, it makes more it, it makes it even that much more interesting if the child is the child of a replicant and a non-replicant. I think that's more interesting. So that would make him. Well, there's always that sort of situation, right? Where there's someone who sympathizes with the cause of the oppressed who, mm-hmm. you know, and that makes his own whole interesting take on that situation. But, that, but um, there were also, there were the bees too, right? Which, it, which hints that like, I guess it could, other living things could be there unless they're bee replicants. I don't really know how that works. Can bees be replicants? Well, and then there was also the question, I don't know, um, dog but actually, him? I thought they kind of leaned towards the fact that the dog was. Well, he certainly asked the question. He goes, ask him. Ugh. Yeah, which is a weird response. But um, the bees thing, I, I'm i not actually, I, I kind of forgot about that now that you think about it, but um, I'm not hey, entirely sure what they're going weird at. Weird for the sake of being weird. Putting your hand in the box and covering it with bees. Weird for the sake of being weird. I don't think there was any use to that scene. Yeah, I got to be honest with you. I guess I wasn't a hundred percent there in that moment, mm. like because I you now that you mentioned, like, yeah, that was weird. <laughs> but I wonder if there was if there was something that I would have gleaned from that had I been paying a hundred and ten percent to that. But regardless, back to the thing about the, I thought that it was kind of a juxtaposition of the fall of Vegas and that town and K of Deckard himself. I thought that those two things specifically. We're supposed to be juxtaposed there. Um, and also kind of like a bit of world building as well, where it's like, okay, so you see the big weird statues and mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I'm not a hundred percent sure what that means. And then you go in and it's like, okay, this is some sort of hotel or whatever. And then it's very clearly, Oh, we're in Las Vegas. Yeah. This is the ruined fallout of a casino, the height of decadence that's been brought low. And then you see Deckard, who was at the apex of his profession in a technologically advanced place, who's been brought low as well by his choices and by who and what he is. Sure. Okay. I'm going to add another one. I'm trying to find more. The more examples are coming to mind, right? Wallace's pool room. See, now there I can get behind your thesis on the whole idea of weird for the sake of purely aesthetic. 
Yeah. Um, that especially in the eyes too, because it kind of paid off one little bit in like when he was the first scene that he's introduced. The fact that his eyes are like augmented, it didn't really pay off in any meaningful way, honestly. Yeah. Except so, that, like for, that whole for that one scene about like I guess he doesn't know about colors because he was because <laughs> the the replicant's eyes were in green. I don't know. <laughs> no, I viewed that more not as him not knowing about colors, but as they tried to manipulate and brainwash him, and they underestimated how much. Mm. I think, and again, this I think goes to the point of him being a replicant. If you're a human and you're in love you would immediately be able to identify the color of the eyes of the person that threw everything away for because you love them. Mm-hmm. But if it's a replicant and he is very clearly sees the utility in replicants, but shows a lot of disdain for them clearly doesn't view them as living creatures, even while he's trying to restore to them the ability. I and mean, that's why, you know how he's so villainous, right? He is trying to restore their ability to give birth because it's like a technology that's been lost mm-hmm. so that he can build more, more slaves. Yeah. And I don't a hundred percent remember if he says the word slave or not, but he becomes very clear. He does say slave. I think, I think he does. It's become very clear at that point. He understands the difference between a tool and a slave mm-hmm. and he simply doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what makes him so villainous is that level of cold condescension like unlike other people, like someone like Robin Wright's character, who the you know, the lieutenant, or whatever, I don't remember her name. Um, she's <laughs> she's I don't remember. Um, she's um, one of those people who, like many other people in this world, clearly just they don't think of them as human. Yeah, like it's simply oversight, right? Hubris, sure, cold, yes, but they just don't view them as human. They view them as tools. Mm-hmm. He knows better and doesn't care right so when you take that and you extrapolate them to the fact that okay we've created this replica that's very clearly just to brainwash you and trick you into giving you the information but doesn't view this replicant and i think that cements deckard as a replicant doesn't view him as having the same level of attention detail and specificity and care and love the way that a human would like a computer, which if we're going to view a replicant as a computer would be able to index and like save and store the fact that it was color for eyes, but like would it care to note that, Mm -hmm. but someone who's capable of self-actualization and love would of course record that information. Mm -hmm. And it's not something he even considers. Yeah. They had the video of her. They could very clearly tell what color her eyes. Yeah. To replicate it. Hell, the template for her probably exists. It was made by the Tyrell Corporation. Right. It it exists somewhere if they care to look it up. Yeah. I mean, they gave her a carbon copy. She's wearing the exact same clothes she's wearing in that recording, which we recall is from the same movie, mm-hmm. from the first movie. But they got the color of the eyes wrong simply because they didn't think he would notice or care. Right. And that's their undoing. <sighs> Idiots. <laughs> <laughs> so close. I mean, yeah. Oh, you know what was cool? One thing that I thought I actually found very interesting is like, there's a. We all know what an '80s future movie looks like, right? We've seen plenty of them, right? It's a lot of CRT monitors. There's just there's just more of them. It's dark. So I, there's only clouds. There's no sun. Uh, everything everything is plugged in, right? Because there's there's just neon lights and shit all <coughs> over the place. Somehow, they evolved that. 
from what it was like they, they just they evolved that aesthetic like it didn't it's not some other version it's not some like like i just don't know how they pulled it like how they did that so well like where it does seem like the evolution of the world that was built in the first movie like very good attention to detail of on that stuff i thought yeah because there was like that microfilm reader thing that he uses yeah that that i think is probably the best example of what you're talking about where it's like Mm -hmm. It's very clearly modeled on what we know of as like a microfilm reader, which was something that was important in the 70s and 80s. Mm -hmm. But it's their version of it in the 2049 that is way more high tech, but is built on that same technology that would have existed as a reference. And yeah, I I also like the idea of the point where he like wants it to do something and it's like it can't do it automatically. And he's just like, He starts scanning it with his eyes. <laughs> it's like, obviously, that technology looks like command line stuff from that fucking black panel with mm-hmm. green writing. Like, that yep. is like classic endemic of all 80s and 90s computer stuff, yeah. which is what you're talking about. That same exact aesthetic, but brought forward and modernized ever so slightly. Well, one, other, one other bit that I'll touch on that I liked is, uh, so like, we, we have this whole conversation of like, like the replicant, like it can reproduce whatever, like, is it, why isn't that real? And then it's like, even amidst all of this and like exploring that question, they take it one step further and it's like, well, is joy real? Like, is that like, right. He loves joy. Joy loves him. Like there's something real going on there. And it's like, it's not, it's not, it's not so outlet. Like, I feel like prior to exploring the other question, you just think, oh, that's so ridiculous. It's just a computer program, right? But like yeah. in the context of everything else going on, it makes you go, well, hang on. <laughs> yeah, no one seems to really question that or look down at him for that specific choice. Maybe it's because he's a re- replicant. Maybe if he was a human, yeah. they'd be like, ugh. But they don't. They. It's funny that they treat that relationship as valid. Yeah. Even though they don't view him as valid. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. So weird. Which I, I actually I thought was like, I don't think that's a mistake. I think that's intentional. Mm-hmm. I think that that's a part of the world that they wanted to showcase. Yes, that's what, that's what I'm getting. That's what I feel like all it does is it, it makes you it, it makes you pause and ask the question. It's like, oh, oh, you're just not even you're not even considering this piece of here, which is just as important, basically, because of what we're yeah. saying. Uh, that's it's it's that, that was kind of cool. Cool things like that. But that's the thing. It's like it's one. It's one very long idea. Mm-hmm. Not, not, I don't think there's a tremendous amount of depth or uh, an incredibly exciting story going on. I think it's more the aesthetic is is wild. I think it's shot beautifully. Uh, I like the idea of talking some, about some, the so somehow they managed to marry the Villeneuve cinematography with the Ridley Scott original cinematography. Yeah. Like it's not either of those things on its own, but it's clearly has elements of both of them. Mm-hmm. That was really cool to me. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. But like, uh, but all that being said, I, I think it's fascinating. I think they did some cool things. I think it looks great. I think there's some fun stuff to, to think about and talk about. Like this whole, like is replicant, like, like, like the conversations that we've had, but then overall, when I think I still can't, I just, I, I feel like the movie is just fine. Like it's just a, like, or like, I don't or know. I, I think the universe itself, I just, I, maybe I just don't care that much about. I found it compelling. Basically. I found it compelling and I kind of half assed suggested this one the other mm-hmm. day because I was scrolling through HBO Max looking for something else and I just happened to see it. 
Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, we talked about doing it, and probably an appropriate amount of time has passed since we did Blade Runner, so why not do it? And it's sure. there. It's easy for us to fire up whenever we want. And I went into it with low expectations because I didn't really like We were pretty much same. on the same page with the first one. I was like, it was fine. Mm-hmm. I, I felt about that one the way it feels like you feel about this one. And I was watching it, and I was compelled. And it's hard for me to put a finger on one specific reason. It's the confluence of all the things I've mentioned. Mm-hmm. But... I think to me it was just how clear it was what the message was supposed to be in this one and how clear and obvious to me it was that, oh, they're extrapolating on that. Not is a cheap thing. It's like, no, you left meat on the bone there. Like mm-hmm. you didn't do a good enough job. There was something there for you to say and you didn't do a good enough job and I'm going to do it, damn it. And also, by the way, we're going to showcase all these cool futuristic new technologies now that we can, like we're going to, give life to this world in a way that you just couldn't do like not for your own fault it's just like you couldn't do it back yep yeah and i I think i I think it's a far better movie for sure yeah i just i think overall i I think i think i i don't know like what more i want from it which is the weird thing that's that's why i feel like i'm in a weird spot it's like i just don't think there's enough i think raising the question and having you think about it is is interesting and i like that i like thinking about it that being said, I don't think they, I don't know that they necessarily did enough with it in there, except for continually bounce the question back and forth. Maybe uh, that, I don't know. I, I don't, mean, I'm not really sure. I think why they provided. I think they provided the answer. I think it's just that the answer should have been obvious. Maybe this is this might just be something like because of like us, you and I, living at this time, mm-hmm. at the ages we are, having seen what's gone on in the world in the last thirty years, having at least a firm reference for what's gone on before that that it should be obvious that something that can think and breathe and feel and communicate in a human way with other humans is a human, Mm -hmm. whatever its origins were. And I think they said that or showed that rather than said it, which to me is powerful because I think they said it a lot in the first one. You just uncovered it, though. I think that's what it is. I think it's like, yeah, that makes sense to me. So it's not that it's not it's not astounding to me. Maybe that's maybe that is what it is, right? We have a. I think you're just taking it for granted. Yeah, I think I think right. you're just I think you're just taking it for granted. Like I don't. I, to me, it wasn't groundbreaking. The message. What was groundbreaking to me was that I didn't get it from the first one. This is what is making me appreciate this one so much. Is like, oh wait, that's what they were going for. <laughs> Oh, you guys did that so much better. Yeah. But like, as far as in a vacuum, what it was trying to tell me, that part of it wasn't groundbreaking. Yeah, I think it's an important message. I think it's one that you and I tend to agree with, right? Yeah. But like, it's from like just purely in a vacuum, the merits of the ideas. Yeah, no, it shouldn't. It shouldn't be groundbreaking. Obviously, for some people, it is because you see what's going on out there. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but no, I when you. When you, I just found it compelling, like yeah. from start to finish, I, I to the point where if if Villeneuve came back to do another one, Blade Runner twenty sixty two or whatever the fuck he wants, what yeah. year he wants to take place, about what whether it be about the revolution itself, about what happens in the aftermath of it, I'd be intrigued to see it. And also, that's, maybe, a, that's that's a good way to look at it because I I would watch like if I heard it was coming out, I wouldn't be on the edge of my seat to go see it, but like when it came out, I would make a point of watching it. Yeah, I just, okay, so what else can you do? Um, It also reaffirmed to me, and we were talking about it a little earlier, I'm even, I've gone more from just curiosity to actively excited to watch Doom. Because if you could take 
what was supposed to be one of the seminal sci-fi movies of that time that didn't do anything for me and make me care about it. Mm -hmm. Can you do it again about another movie from that same time period that was just as impenetrable to me as to why I should care about it? Can you do it again? Yeah. Because you clearly think you have more to say on that topic as well. Yeah. Okay, sign me up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You've you've earned my interest for sure. <laughs> yeah. What was it? What was that that line from from Django? Right, like you had my curiosity, but now you now have my you attention. Have my attention. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Cool, dude. You have anything else on this one? I, if we were gonna have trouble with suspension of disbelief, I had trouble with Ryan Gosling beating up Dave Bautista. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like the first it's like the first thing that happens in the movie which that's funny by the way dynamite way to kick off the movie that yeah. whole sequence oh my god the like, repeated slamming of his head i was like oh yeah. my god okay oh dear oh dear oh dear oh dear because because <laughs> if it was rep, if it was replicant ryan gosling fighting human dave bautista it's like okay right but they're both replicants the like playing field should have sure i'm just saying the playing field should have been relatively even and yes yeah. Dave Batista versus Ryan Gosling, an even playing field. Whether they be replicants or humans, the, the, <laughs> the, the, the playing field is, is equal. To see Ryan Gosling beat him, it wasn't like he just like Indiana Jones him and whipped down a gun, you know what I mean, With when he's got a sword. Like, he beat him in hand-to-hand combat. <laughs> that's, that's, that's really funny. I, uh, I guess I have one, one other thing for me. Anytime Joy came on the screen, I was like, man, I want to watch Knives Out again. <laughs> that is such a or good... that that sequel is coming out of the pike eventually. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, cool. All right. Anything else? That was a good one. That Dave Bautista one. You have anything else? Yeah. <laughs> is there any other nuggets oh, wanna, that I can wanna, pull wanna, out? Of? Weird, another weird scene: grabbing all those worms out of the water. What was that? I don't need that. They're, I don't need it. They're grub. They're grubs. I don't care. They're protein. I don't. I don't. He's farming the protein. I don't care. Uh... <laughs> There's mass famine. He's farming protein. Fine. Fine. <laughs> That's all for this week's episode. Of, this week's episode of Flicks in the Six. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you have a movie for us to review or nuggets for us to discuss, you can send those requests to Flicks in the Six at thespintune.com. Tune in next week for more movie and beer goodness. And don't forget, if you like video games, we have another podcast. It's called Game Bites. We have a lot of other gaming content and random things that we write on thespintune.com. Until next week, I'm Anthony Costanzo. I'm Al Bielsa. I'm, I will also be Anthony Costanzo after next week. I'm not entirely sure why I phrased it that way. <laughs> <laughs> this week, tonight specifically, I'm Anthony Costanzo. Tomorrow, who's, who's, who's to, to say? say? Thanks for coming out.